If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Man, it feels good to be back. It's been about two weeks and some change, but we're here. We did a little uh, Quentin Tarantino kind of thing a couple weeks back. I went on uh, Patrick's show, Addicted to Combat, and then lo and behold, we just hit that Uno reverse card, and now he's here. So if you are an audio-only person, you're missing out. The guns are out. Sun's out. Gun's out. My man Patrick from Addicted to Combat, please don't do that. Between you and Dober, I can't handle this anymore. Uh, <laughs> my, my man Patrick from Addicted to Combat. What's up, dude? Good to see you, man. It is, man. It's been a while, so I'm glad to be back here. The fights have been rolling through, but you've been absent for a little bit, so I've missed your voice. Yeah, it's it's been a thing. So a lot's happened in two weeks. Can I talk about? Can I talk about the call? Can I talk about my call? Can I? Yes. I was on your show, UFC 285, and I said something. I said something on your show. I said, before the end of the year, there will be three Mexican champions. There will be three, Ooh, right? Yeah, and I said, I said, I uh, said that currently, you know, we, we've got Brandon Moreno, even though he lives in America. We're still, I think, I think they, they claim his, him as a Mexican champion. His, his accent alone proves it. His, his status. Yeah. Um, then we have Yair Rodriguez, who somebody in your comment section, Yair's not really a champ. He's inter- he's a he's the fucking interim champ. He's still did they give him a belt, dum dum? Did they give him a belt? They did. So he's, yeah, okay. He's gonna get pay-per-view points. Yeah, exactly. And guess what? He's gonna get to fight Volkanovsky International Fight Week, and he's probably gonna beat him because anyway, stylistic matchups it, it looks like Yair might be the one. And then lo and behold, Alexa Grosso does mm. the unthinkable. And chokes out Valentina Shevchenko. Unbelievable stuff, man. Three Mexican champions uh, busting the champagne bottle on that UFC PI down there in Mexico City. How do you feel about this? I feel pretty good about it, man. It would have been much more profitable if uh, Shevchenko would have come through. But still, it was cool to see that moment happen and her uh, Grasso taking advantage of that missed spin kick and jumping on something that she had practiced too. There was like footage that came out of her practicing that back take. And then, of yeah. course, the next fight as well. You know, Jones practicing the exact guillotine off the cage. Um, so it's cool to see that those things weren't totally flukes, you know, and that they were trained for and taken advantage of. You know what? You know, it hurt my heart a little bit, though, is that we had that moment. I said that thing. And then you said to me, you go, do you think there's any credence to Grosso on the ground? Do you think that Grosso can prevent present any sort of issue to Shevchenko on the ground with the wrestling? And I looked you dead in your eyes and I said, no, I don't think she will. Oh, and then really? she, she took her back and choked her out. And I was like, boy, way to follow up a great call with an absolute Damn. shit take. Well, I remember what we were talking about with, uh, yeah, we'll just trim that part of the clip out. And just include that. that never happened. But I remember uh, asking you, I'm like, it seems like there's this feeling in the air of like, you know, Tyler Santos said, you know, just loosen the jar a bit and maybe now Grosso can come in and open it all the way. And then we're like, nah, it won't happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things like, right, you don't bet against Shevchenko until you see her actually lose. And now that we have. I thought like the close call had happened and then we were out of the woods. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got Alexa Grosso. She's the champ. They'll run it back. That's fine. Um, as I, I think anybody, I, again, I'm not for immediate rematches, as most people know, but I think Shevchenko, eight title defenses, you can probably let her run one back. Uh, 
Right. Be interesting to see where that goes from there. And then this past weekend, we had Marab and Yawn. Um, and I say Yawn is in like Y A W N. Boy, oh boy. I mean, yes, dominant, but that that was bad, right? Like that was not that was not fun to watch. Forty nine takedown attempts. That was that was not great. Yeah, I mean, as a like, if I'm on Marab's team, that was the first time I jumped off of Marab's money train in like six fights. I've been yeah. betting on him, and I jumped to the Yawn team. And uh, that was not fun to watch. But if I had a ticket on Marab, dude, that would have been fun to watch this pure domination, you know? So, um, I mean, I look at it the same way with the grappling dominance as if somebody's just jabbing off their opponent's face and they have no answer for it. You know, it kind of seems the same to me. You're just dominating your martial art and uh, nobody can do anything about it. That's their fault, not yours. You know, I don't always view it as boring. You know, I kind of, I've just come to enjoy it. I guess when Randy Couture was like cage wrestling, like Tim Sylvie or something like that, like that was was exciting as hell, you know? I guess my thing isn't so much that it's boring. It's just, I get a little, man, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this while being respectful. I just expect Jan to have a plan B, have a plan C. Like just, you you know, like Marab went out there and did exactly what Marab does. And like your inability to do anything to kind of counteract that was, was, that's what, sort of bummed me out more than Rob's performance. 49 takedown attempts, a relentless motor. Um, if Dober's chin gets do- donated to science, we have to put Marab's heart and lungs in there as well because the guy's cardiovascular system has to be, like he's got a third chamber or a third lung. It has to be. It has to be. Yeah, that's what you expect from like a, a top tier 135er as well, but not everybody can do that, and especially with the grappling when another man is put right. against you. And it's, you know, the cage, like they always say in the commentary, it looks like it's easy to just be cage wrestling, but you know, that's just moving against two objects that are just put, it's like a head on car crash and, you know, not right. letting off the gas. Yeah, it was not, it was not fun uh, for, for Yawn. I can tell you that he was suffering silently throughout most of that fight. You could tell. Yeah. What a fall. Uh, what a fall from grace for Peter Yawn. Yeah, it's bad. And then I love I, – I was a big fan of O'Malley taking credit for that win by saying that he he took a little piece out of Yawn whenever he beat him. So I'm, I'm He's good. Fan. I'm a big O'Malley's fan of O'Malley's so good at just, like, you know, feeding the trolls and, and you know, always always getting, like, a snippet to be in the media. You know, you can right. – you know, you know damn well he knows in the back of his head that he's just stirring the pot. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about O'Malley for a split second. UFC 288 is coming up. Okay. UFC 288. Right now, the headline for it is Charlie Olives versus Benil Dariush. But the rumor is, is that Cejudo versus Aljo takes place there. But yet they have not announced this. And we are a mere almost a month out, and it has not been officially announced. Really? It's, I thought it was. No? No, sir. If you go I don't, to UFC, I'm really behind it when they release. I'm the last to hear official yeah. news. You know? If you go to the UFC's website, 288 is still listed as headlined by Charlie Olives versus Benil Dariush. It does not have... Is there web, isn't their website like kind of slow to uh, to update, though? It very well may be, but if you go to Ticketmaster, StubHub, Vivid Seats, or any of those other ones, it's still be, being billed as Olives versus Dariush. Nobody okay. is billing it. Uh, outside of the the interwebs. Uh, uh, oh, as, I see what you mean. So you don't know yeah. which one's going to be the main or the co-main. Well, I mean, Aljo versus Sahuna. Oh, that would be because he's the champion. Right? Yeah, right. he's going to be because if, if he's the champ. But my question then becomes, if neither one of these parties have actually signed on the dotted line here, do you think that O'Malley might be able to sneak in if he's healthy and get Aljo? Because I think Aljo is the committed healthy party here, and Henry is not. Yeah. 
And he is always like that notorious, um, at least the past few years since he's left the scene. He's like the, oh, I'm coming back. And then, you know, mm-hmm. it never happens or they have to bribe him or woo him back in some right. way. You know, so that they could be playing that game behind the scenes as well. Yeah, I, I like your idea. It would be O'Malley. He'd be the perfect guy to headline a card. What do you think sells better, O'Malley versus Aljo or Aljo versus Cejudo? O'Malley for sure. Yeah. O'Malley gets more of the the younger people, the uh, the people that don't really follow the sport, you know, mm-hmm. more of the, yeah. the C word, the casuals, you know, I think the they cat. would tune in mm-hmm. with the C word. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say the C word that gets you... thrown around way too much in this day and age. Dude, you say it here because nobody, if you found, if, if anybody finds this space, you are not a casual. I'm, I'm a deep cut, if you will. Yeah, right. Really I'm, are. I'm a B side vinyl here. Um, all right. So let me ask, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you something. I'm going to UFC 288. Okay. I'm flying in. I'm flying in. So I will be New there. Jersey? New Jersey. So if you are a punchless listener and you are anywhere in the New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area, the tri-state area, if you will, and you want to go to Newark, um, I will be there. I will be there for UFC 288. So tickets go on sale tomorrow for it. I will scoop up my ticket then. Uh, good old Spirit Airlines, the... the um, the the hood yeah <laughs> like hood aircraft flies out of charleston uh you know and it's it's I dirt spirit, cheap man I, I can i can sleep anywhere you know so yeah. i just cram myself in the seat and Bro. take my uh i i once had like what was it? it's like because they all start at 35 dollars for mm-hmm. a flight and then it's like oh but oh you have a bag okay now it's uh 70 dollars oh you you're wearing shoes oh that's now it's 100 you have two arms here's a 15 dollars surcharge <laughs> exactly <laughs> so. you're gonna use your whole seat awesome man but i went well, one time i'm like jokes on you i don't have a bag i put everything like in my pockets like I need dude, I dr- i'll dress in layers i'm seriously yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna fly in go to the fights and then fly out the next morning i'm literally gonna wear two layers of clothes yeah and just i used be to like, do that all the hmm. time in my in my youth i did that all the time for uh the vegas trips yeah. I, would just, I would just sleep in a mccarran airport for a second and just take the flight right back uh definitely i mean i'm a grown-ass man now and i'm gonna do that yeah. because it's it's cheaper and easier. And I'm going to, full disclosure, Patrick, I'm probably going to be drunk by the time the, the event's over. So just taking an Uber back to the airport and I'll just walk to my gate and sit down. And that way mm-hmm. I know I'll be there. So, yeah, exactly. Um, but that's anyway. fun. That's exciting. What is that yeah. in early May? That's May 6th, bro. That's okay. Cinco de Mayo weekend. That'll be here before you know it. Uh, bro, it's right around the corner. And then we got Canelo. Uh, Canelo's fighting for Cinco on Cinco de Mayo, dude. It's gonna be combat sports weekend at its finest. And the, dude, the Kentucky Derby is that week, bro. What? What? I know that's not your your thing, but are the horses fighting, Dale? Dude, are they fighting? I would love. The are they fighting fight. to the I, death? I think there's Mongolian horse. <laughs> if so, fighting, I'll watch it. If there's blood, there, I'll watch it. I think there's Mongolian horse fighting. You know what I want to bet on, real quick, and then we'll get it. We'll get into actual things that we're gonna bet on. Uh, Remember the old Rambo movies? I think it's Rambo two with Rambo two or three when he goes to Afghanistan and they've got the they've got the dead sheep and they're riding around on the horses and they're fucking yeah, whipping yeah, that yeah. dead sheep at each other. I think that's two. I, I think that's two as well. I want that one. I want to bet on that. I need oh, somebody. Jake, can you tell me what that dead producer Jake? Can you tell me what the dead sheep sport is? I want to bet on that. See, that seems like something Shavkat Rachmanov would be doing. Bro, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. He probably got that hat 
because when he was 12, he had to live out in the ice cold <laughs> until he caught whatever that is and then killed it with his bare hands. And then he made his hat. That's how he became a man. Guy's such a savage. Did you see that whole bit with uh, Laura Sanko just like drooling over him? Like, you know, I did not. Having, a full, having a full on orgasm talking about him? Buzkashi. <laughs> Buzka- Buzkashi? All right. Buzkashi. All I right. like that. Sounds like a weird tab on a website you shouldn't be on. But yeah, yeah sure there. does. That Buzkashi. <laughs> oh, man. Na- it's the national sport of Afghanistan. Why? Why wouldn't it be? I love this. I love this. Buzkashi. That, I can't be saying that right. There's got to be a way to say that, that we're not saying it right. Um, Bukaki, all right. That's the word. That's the word we're looking for. All right. I want to shout out everybody in the chat. Adam says, what's up? Good to be back at it. Yes, sir. Drake. What's up, Drake? Call me on my town. What's up, dude? Um, MMA bets with Shady, the beach bum. What's, what's up, up, dude? What's up, Shady? Um, I think Marab beats Sterling easy. Yeah, I mean, if they ever fought each other, but they're best buds. That's so um, annoying. Ebony what's your take on that, by the way? I think I think Marab beats Aljo. No, I mean like, uh, what's your take on like teammates not fight? Because there was like, kind of oh, a yeah. people always get their feelings hurt on Twitter, and they were everybody was yeah. like, oh, Dana White doesn't understand the respect of this game. Like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know where I stand on that deal. Like, should they? I feel like your time is so limited that whenever there was teammates that were going to fight, they would just move to a different camp and then fight each other. You know? My best friend on this entire earth, we've been friends for. 20, 24 years now, best friends mm-hmm. for 24 years. Him and I have fought each other before. It can be done. Yeah. It can be done. I, I Honestly, we're better friends after fighting than we were before we got into a fight. And there was no no championship involved. Was there a no champion? No, no championship. No half, at all. no half a million dollar purse involved either. Nothing. Nothing. And there wasn't right. anything that we just bite down on the mouthpiece and just say, let's get after it. There was none of that. Uh, I believe we just were having, it was like one of those things where it was like progressive disagreements leading up to that. And then one day I pushed him and he pushed me and then we started hitting each other. And that was the end of that. And then we stopped when we were out of breath and uh, we're like, you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good, man. And then we didn't talk to each other for like two days. And then that was it. So, yeah, but that, um, that was it. Uh, guy who loves beer says yawn on the downfall. I believe so. Looks I like believe it. so. Yeah. Uh, New Jersey is dirty. I agree. Uh, trust me. I'm not hyped about going to New Jersey. That's not my thing at all, but I will be there. Um, Rambo three, he says. Um, and then SD Crusader says, what's up, fellas? What's up, my man? And let's see here. Matt T says, hello, friends. What's up, Tobes? How we doing, buddy? Um, let's see. Were you guys drunk? No, we were not drunk. So this was I appreciate you not understanding how age works or you think I'm 50 years old, but um, 20 some odd years ago, I was, but a, I was, but a Sprite. I think I was 14 at the time. So 14, 15 at the time. So I'm not saying like it was like some highly technical brawl, but I mean, you know, we, we, we try to put hands on each other. You know what I mean? What are we going to do? I like it. What are you going to do? What about you, Patrick? You ever fought one of your friends before? No, no. It takes a lot to get me, uh, get me going. You know, <laughs> temper-wise, like I, no, I don't do that. Never. No, not with my friends. No, never. Never got that heated with a friend of mine. You know, okay. I'm pretty, pretty laid back. Now, if it's like you know, I used to be a doorman at the bar. You know, if then if right. it's, that was like every weekend. You know. <laughs> what? Okay, so let me ask you: When was the last time you actually got physically violent with somebody? Uh, let's see here. It's going back a couple of years, man. I've calmed down yeah. probably about four years ago. Yeah. 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 What did you have like a seminal moment that calmed you down? Um, no. When people just removed this person from the establishment. Yeah. It was like, it was just out at a bar, you know? Oh, okay. So, All right. 
I got Once you. Once it's over. What about like road rage? You're like, I'm going to snap you, bro. You no, I don't get that worked up, man. When I'm sitting in the car, people can cut me off, do whatever you want. I'm sitting in a nice little comfy chair. I'm lucky enough to be wow. driving. You know, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm very calm. It takes a lot. I like that, man. Like it's, I have to be like days without sleep and, you know, really just at the, at the end of my rope, you know, the caffeine's right. worn out. You know what I mean? Like it, it takes a lot to get me going. I'm, I, listen, I can appreciate that. I, this is, I'm, I'm a person that works on my anger all the time. So to, so to just hear you mm-hmm. have it so calm, cool and collected under control, man, I, I can, uh, I can appreciate, you know, where you're coming from, even though you seem to have a more natural grip on it than somebody like myself. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't understand. I kind of envy you guys. I know a lot of people that are like, you know, really hot tempered, you know, and I, I, I wish I could channel up that that energy, you know, at any second and just want to just see red, you know, because I used to see that when I worked at the bar when I was in yeah. college, and it was like I, I would just see people just turn and just they turn into that animal, and I love that. That's why I like combat sports. So you can see people flip into that. It takes a lot for me. You know what's weird though, man, is that I, I it I'd have a lot of deconstruction to do when it comes to that though, because a lot of that stemmed for me. And producer Jake will attest here. I mean, you're an angry kid, and then something happens, and you want to be angry as an adult for a while. Well, you sign up to somebody that pays you to be angry all the time, aka Uncle Sam. They they want you to be angry. They want you to feel that way, at least for the most part. They mostly just want to make you angry rather than have you be angry towards other people. They just fucking piss you off the whole time. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Then I got out, and I had no, no discernible skill set other okay. than to continue to be angry with other people that's why i worked for the department of justice for a decade oh yeah Um, because then all i got to do i just got to be angry all the time and then you realize that that takes so much energy i probably knocked 15 years off my life being so pissed all the time so i i aspire to your zen lotus flower like status man and then if i I never thought about it that way (laughs) dude you're gonna live forever i'll be i'll be dead in a decade all right let's get after some fights man feeling good feeling good uh, my boy Dober got me on some, if you recall the wine episode where he was recommending wine, I bought one of the wines he yeah. recommends again, Dober's price point slightly different than my own, but I went ahead and I splurged and I got it and it's delicious. So money, uh, doesn't always buy happiness, but it does buy good wine evidently. All right, Jake first fight on the main card. If you please, sir, if I'm not mistaken, it is our man, Marvin Vittori. Taking on Roman Delize, Caucus Mountain Warrior himself. Minus yes. 265 for Marvin Vittori, plus 225 over on rounds. It's at two and a half. I would be remiss as a host if I did not let my guests go first. My man, Patrick, how do you feel about this fight and how's it shake out? Dude, this is a fun fight. Speaking of uh, seeing red and anger problems, I feel like both of these guys fall in that category. They're just oh, interesting man. characters. And uh, I'm going to be rooting for both of them to get their hand raised here. But wide money line. It kind of makes sense. I like Vittori to win this fight by decision, most mm-hmm. likely, just because he does have better striking, in my opinion, you know, like more uh, technical output. And it hasn't looked good lately because he's been up against Bobby Knuckles, Robert Whitaker. He's been up against Israel Adesanya unsuccessfully. But just the cardio is going to be a huge difference here as well. And if Roman Delice can't manhandle you in the grappling, um, you know, or, or put you out with a giant strike in the clinch, I don't think his gas tank is going to be all that great down the stretch, even of a three-round fight. So... I got to take Vittori here. No, no, nothing betting-wise, I don't think, you know, because the lead say has been an unstoppable train so far. He could very well be undefeated professionally. That one odd result where, um, you know, just a scramble on the ground within a round basically got him that decision lost to Trevin Giles. Still controversial. You can score that either way. But you're starting to – we used to make fun of him for, you know, grabbing leg locks that, you know, like, oh, when's that going to work? Now he's ripping apart Phil Hawes' knee with one and getting a right. TKO that way. So – 
I lost I lost big on the Jack Hermanson fight against Roman Delidze because I finally yeah. hopped off picking Delidze. I thought that was too big of a step up, and I was dead wrong. So at minus 265 to minus 300 of Vittori, probably going to stay off of this one, but I think he gets it done uh, by judges' scorecards. I think the momentum, right? I mean, if we're talking about momentum, it's all on Delidze's side. I mean, yeah. Vittori's been treading water for a while now. He's always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Um, and we've we've got Delize with all with all the hype right now, right? He's got new girl, he's got new camp, he's got new re- reinvigoration in the career. He's feeling good, right? Feels real. Yep. He feels real good. Um, what I have seen out of Vittori, though, because uh, I I I side with you in this, right? I if I'm on the Vittori side, v- Vittori by decision. If I'm on Delize, it's Delize inside the distance. Um, yep. Where I where we have seen Vittori struggle in the past is against physically physically stronger or guys that are as strong as he is. He's very much a bully, but he struggles against guys that are as strong as he is. Like even if you go back to like the Vitor Miranda fight, Vitor Miranda used to fight at heavyweight and then like started chopping down sizes as he was getting back in shape. If you, you know, but he still carried that big boy strength, you know, Vittori, a, to a decision but then excuse me i got a little bit of snot going on i can't shake this freaking pollen shit we got going down here um if you excuse me if you go to uh the omari akhmedov fight um you know you're i don't know it that that one went to a draw i mean i guess you could you could score that and depending on how what side you're on but anyway my point is here is physically stronger guys can give vittori a problem uh over the long haul, but Vittori still comes out victorious based on output. Uh, yeah. If you're on the leads, it's inside the distance. If you're on Vittori, it's by decision. My only concern with that becomes a, an exhausted Roman the leads a come round three. So my little tiny prop play that I think might be worth consideration here is Marvin Vittori round three or decision. Not Ooh, just, I like that. Not just okay. Marvin Vittori. Um, by decision so and, and then if you obviously don't want to lay the chalk at the minus two 265 so i i would say i would say vittori round three or decision and then delize um definitely i don't think he knocks out marvin vittori i i, I just don't see that happening but i mean he could definitely that, that would be a crazy feat if he did yeah, he'll grab some some shit and rip it off. There's no doubt about that. So I mean, we always knew how tough Vittori was, how durable his face was. But when you saw that Paulo Costa fight at at a catchweight bout, whatever yeah. that was, yeah, or maybe just a light heavyweight bout, it ended up being. But dude, he ate some shins to the face from Paulo Costa that were you know not held back at all, not blocked partially by the guard. He ate those strikes and kept moving forward, like they didn't even get bothered by it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I mean, he's never been knocked out before. No, neither so guy has been finished. So, if you're betting on Delize to do that, you're literally betting on a thing that's never happened before. So, um, thoughts and prayers to you. Good luck. Let her rip. All right, we got a women's fight. Main card: Jennifer Maya, twenty and nine, taking on Casey O'Neill, making the the return off of the ACL injury. Jennifer Maya plus one forty five. Casey O'Neill at the minus one seventy spot. Over on rounds at two and a half. As a person who has suffered multiple devastating ACL injuries, I am impressed with Casey O'Neill coming back as fast as she has. She's worked very hard. Uh, probably a future contender, maybe champ. Um, plus, she gets all the uh, you know the vote votes. Um, but dude, 
women's science here, as I like to say, you're going up against a seasoned, grizzled veteran and Jennifer Maya, who is not coming off an injury, and I get her at plus money? Come on. Oh, you know, the argument will be made that these fights are geared towards the English fighters, right? Or the, you know, the 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 Britannica fighters, if you will. And I know Casey O'Neill pushes that whole half Scottish, half Aussie thing. Uh, I'm sure the the Scottish side will be coming out more than anything else if she gets some microphone time on Saturday. But I don't think she's going to get it. I'm, I'm on Jennifer Maya here. Anytime I can get a woman at plus money, I have to take it. I'm like a, I'm, I'm this weird, you know, little underdog gremlin when it comes to these things, man. Give me, give me Jennifer Maya, man. I, I have to take it. I have to. Have you bet this fight? Did you, did you take a stab yet. on it yet? The Not money yet. line is, is it going up, going down? I feel like it's closing a bit. I feel, I, th- I feel like I saw O'Neal like the minus, like, I feel like at one point I saw it like 190. So okay. I feel like it's shrink. I feel like we're we're getting sure money traction. will go her way as the fight week goes on. But yeah, yeah. I'm with you, man. I, I like Jennifer Maya in this spot uh, quite a bit. One of the fewer underdogs I like on this card, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, I know there's probably going to be several that come through if there are 15 fights. It's been a while since we had a card that actually stayed with all 15 fights. So I'm yeah. very nervous to see which one falls off. But yeah, Jennifer Maya's got really good boxing. You know, she's got underrated boxing for the for the flyweight division. Really good. So it, it's going to be a, a distance-oriented fight. Like if Maya can, you know, keep on closing that distance, keep it within boxing range, she can do very well. She won't tire. Neither of these two girls do I have a cardio concern for, um, especially not Casey O'Neill. She's a workhorse. Jennifer Maya, pretty good takedown defense so far. Pretty decent on the ground with like getting to like a half-guard sweep, getting back to her yeah. feet and scrambling. So I don't think she's going to get taken down either in this fight. So if this stays at like longer kickboxing range distance, O'Neill is healthy. She's improved in her young age. Maybe she could pull this one off. You know, there's a good shot of that, that she's going to be better. But boxing range alone, numbers in the board, faster hand speed, more impactful shots. I got to take Maya to have the edge in all of those. Do you think that – do you think that when a fighter gets injured and they spend that time away, do you think that they – like, and then they take that fight back, do you think there's room for improvement coming off the injury or do they just get back to the baseline they were – the last time we saw them like can you think of a fighter that came back from an injury better than when they got injured like prior to an injury or do they just come back at the baseline they were at i think it depends on the age and you know the individual but a lot of the a lot of the younger people i feel like come come back and don't really miss a step too much you know Um, but do they get better I, I think so. I think even in your your young age if you can recover cuz how long does that take do you know from a from a knee for most people uh I mean what so she came back I, from cuz I, I feel like that would be what 6 months at least I don't know the extent of hers but my my this my second ACL was ACL MCL LCL and that was about six and a half months 7 months yeah before you can do anything or I mean I was do doing st- I mean no work? they got I mean they got you in the machine moving your knee like two days after the surgery, like a day after right. the surgery, they had me, they had a guy come to my house and they put my thing in like in this HP Lovecraft looking shit. And it was doing this, the whole moving my, moving my stuff the whole time. Um, it was misery, yeah. but yeah, I mean, they get, they get it moving quick. And then I was, you know, riding a bike and doing all that kind of stuff within, you know, uh, two, three weeks. So, I mean, there's, I mean, she can get better. I'm saying she can, but if she comes back baseline, if she comes back the baseline skill that she had before she got injured, if she didn't get better, I think I think 
this Maya spot is going to be one that we're going to look, we look back on it and go, shit, we should have unloaded on it. I think the, um, the time away for the younger fighters means a lot because she's somebody that's been competing from a young age. But when you compete all the time, you're getting primed for a contest. You know, you're getting ready for mixed martial arts. You're getting ready for the final product of everything mixed together. When you take time off as a young fighter, like 10 months to a year, now you can focus on the weaknesses. Is my weakness in the grappling? Is it in the kickboxing? Is it in certain skill sets within those? And you don't have to just go in there and mix it all together all the time, getting ready to peak for a contest. So I think there is some room for her to improve at, at her young age. What is she, like 26? Something like that, you yeah. Know? Hopefully she so, did. That's, I mean, that's my thing. I was hope, I'm hoping that she did. Yeah, I think she'll get better. I think I just think it's the, the striking is going to be the difference, though, uh, really. Right. I think if she can really put together some better striking, uh, faint more, that's going to be a big difference here, too. If this is a, a distance-based striking affair on the feet, uh, Maya has got very good feints. She'll be first and third. She'll pull people in, you know, mm. hit them with one strike, wait for the reaction, then put a uh, nice pull counter. You don't see that from O'Neill. She kind of just crashes forward. And the Mox, the Roxanne Mataferi fight last February, I can critique that a bit because, yeah, sure, she set the divisional record for, like, what, a million, 200 or so significant strikes to Roxanne. But right. Roxanne also set a PR herself in her career last fight at, like, 40 years old. She set her own personal record for a significant strike she landed over three right. rounds. So uh, that's just going to happen. They just stand right in front of each other, and you'd see off in a 40-year-old woman like Roxanne Mataferi. Like, that, sure, that's going to go well. But she got hit quite a bit in return. And that was the first woman she has not been able to take down in the UFC so far. So, yeah, you know, I, I got some questions. So give me the plus money on Maya for sure by decision. I love it. I love it. Our boy Lou Betcha in here says two hands oh, hose at, at, in MMA on one screen. And he says, Dale, uh, tell Pat what you told me about how you can kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Your ass is mine, Dale. No, listen, don't tell my secrets out loud, Lou. Uh, and then <laughs> MMA bets with Shady says, Maya looked good with the hands last fight. Agreed, man. Um, hope O'Neill gets some steam. Yep, I love yeah, that. Hopefully. All right, here we go. And then next fight on the card there, Jake Gunner Nelson versus Brian Barbarina. Barbarina stepping in late notice. He's at that 18 and nine record. Gunny Nelson at 18 and five. I'm just going to go ahead and say this out loud. Gunny Nelson was a he was a favorite over Daniel Rodriguez before Daniel Rodriguez pulled out his fight and then we get Barbarena. He's a bigger favorite against Barbarena, but he was a huge favorite against Daniel Rodriguez as well. And he should not have been a favorite in that fight either. Mm -hmm. I think Brian Barbarena, I mean, he's going to be a very popular underdog play for a lot of people this weekend. But dude, if you don't think Brian Barbarena is the dog that will fight for your money no matter what, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Gunny Nelson seems as soft as Icelandic goose shit to me, dude. He only <laughs> fights whenever it's a European card. He doesn't want to come stateside anymore. He he seems completely non-committed to the fight game. And I mean, he must be like a coach or something. He's got to be doing something to like stay in relative shape in the game because he's not taking any fight that's not overseas. And and realistically. A fight against Daniel Rodriguez, a fight against Brian Barbarian, does nothing for him. Like he's is is Gunnar Nelson's hope still to be a champion one day, a top ten, top fifteen guy? Like yeah, there's no push for him. What 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 else does he have in the sport to do other than pay bills? Brian Barbarian is trying to put his kids through college, man. Uh, he's probably going to secure a nice little bag here because he's taking it last second. But dude, Barbarian is a dog. He's He's always asking for the biggest fights humanly possible because he loves being in enemy territory, and he gets that with Gunnar Nelson. There's a ton of hometown love baked into this Gunny Nelson line. Brian Barbarina is a live dog, worth your consideration, 100% worth your consideration. Bad haircut and all, Brian Barbarina all day, dude. 
I like to buy decision at like plus 900. Oh, please. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I like that one. Overall, I think this is a good technical match, like a stylistic matchup for Gunnar Nelson, just because, not because of the reason. I think we're seeing a recency bias, of course, in the line of we just saw a grappler and RDA take him down, choke him out with very little resistance. I understand that. Um, short notice for Brian, that does not help matters here, but I still think that Gunnar Nelson has good enough wrestling. He's got such a strong grip when he gets in range, gets that body lock, rips you down, and fair play, Brian Barbarena. His shot here would be, if you're dead tired and Brian Barbarena's dead tired, he's going to beat you. You know, that's like that the dog in him that you were talking about. But as far as the grappling goes, I just think he's far too frantic and uh, Gunnar Nelson is way too patient. You know what I mean? So he's going to wait for his opportunity, have that, um, you know, really hard to find karate style, be in and out. But once he's all the way in, he's going to grab the body lock, try to trap Brian against the cage, get the, get the takedown however he can, and then, yeah. Start moving towards the neck, or at least like we saw in his last fight last March, just hold you there in a body triangle the way he did Sato. He's okay with doing that. Like he's not gonna wait and you know lose position. Whereas yeah. Brian Barbarain is gonna try frantically to get back to his feet, whether that's giving up a neck, giving his back up. I could see him getting finished here in the stretch, but I, I will say this the money line is far too wide, and the value is on Brian Barbarina for sure. Yeah, if you're a value boy, Barbarain is your guy. I mean, and, and yeah. at certain spots I am a value boy. You I also like be. I also like dogs that are willing to bleed and fight a little bit more. Um, I, I I like some of what we're seeing in the chat here, right? So Crusader says, I like Bam Bam at Moneyline. Um, Barb can stay out of trouble enough. I don't see him getting finished. Um, it, how do you feel about this? Gunny being unable to finish someone as bad as Sato is a bad look. Bam with finish only might be a good spot. What do you think about that? Mm, I can see... I can see Barbara getting finished, though, was the thing. So that think- would be my only thing. is like he could get his neck snatched up. Um, but, yeah, the, the first part, I totally agree with him not being able to finish Sato. That was right. not great. But he held him there. You know, the choke never materialized. But, like, he's just he's super patient. Could he have risked losing the position at some point in those 12 minutes of control time and gotten the choke? Probably. But he just never even risked. He's like, I'm winning. <laughs> so it's, it's a very frustrating thing because I think a lot of people had – the under or the gunner inside the distance or gunner by sub that right. day because it seemed like a, a slam dunk. That could happen here. The um the MMA Twitter sphere sort of rallies around a like a prop of the week where you see almost every capper out yes. there yeah. with a prop. And I hate when I'm on that before yeah. I see any of it and then I see everybody on it. I'm like, oh, fuck. Do you, <laughs> fuck. Do you... I'm a casual as well. Damn it. Do you think the gunner by sub prop is that for this week? Well, hopefully not, because I'm sure you're not going to get much uh, edge over the books on it. You know what I mean? Like, they're probably, what are they pricing that? Like, slight chalk? I'll look. I'll look. Probably slight chalk. So right. I can't touch it. You want to get those, like, those round props or, like, the, vic- you know, method of victory. Like, if it's bone nickel by sub, okay, I'll pay slight chalk on that, right? But if it's some random bozo, like you're saying, Gunnar Nelson fights one time a year, I don't want to pay chalk on something like that. Right. Random bozo. Yes, I agree. I agree. I mean, he is. <laughs> no, I agree. Um, all right. He's so, like the guy where he fights every like he fights just long enough. You're like, oh, I forgot about Gunner. He's still in the roster. It's right. been like ten years. He's fought ten times. It's plus one fifteen. Plus one fifteen. Okay. Well, yeah, like that's not getting me excited. You know. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't get excited over some random bozo either. I like it. All right. Co-main event of the evening, dude. You want to talk about? Combined brain cells. Rafael Fazeev, 12 and 1, taking on Justin Gaethje. This is a real record for Justin Gaethje, 23 and 4. 
it feels like this dude's lost 150 fights, but he hasn't. So He's only lost the ones that matter. So <laughs> here we here we are. Rafael Fazeev, Justin Gaethje, minus 225 for, for Fizzy, plus 190 on the human highlight, Justin Gaethje, over in the rounds of one and a half. What do you got for this? I just like the Casey O'Neill fight that we talked about. I hope that there's steam that comes in on the bigger name and Justin Gaethje because I do like the Fizzy of side. If I could get him closer to like minus 200, yeah. I like him to just be a hard to find target. The more technical striker, he's super fast, good out of both stances. So, all those calf kicks from Justin Gaethje, he can probably avoid some of that action by switching stances if need be. And I just think he's going to be able to find the target uh, just more accurately, more precisely. Now, the contrarian take I have in this fight is every statistic would say that this ends inside the distance. I think 100% of Gaethje's losses are by uh, a finish. But I think this does go over one and a half, and I think we could even see the scorecards in this one, to be honest with you. I think they're going to respect each other's power, and this hmm. could be just, uh, you know, fizzy of slightly edging the necessary striking volume over 15 minutes here. you got to remember, Gagey's been finished a lot, but it's like wars of attrition where he's been in. Right. I think he's been in like 10 fights in the UFC. I think seven of them have been five-round fights, and then a lot of those have been you know, the championship rounds is where it gets finished, right? Like he finally finds the kill shot, finally can out cardio his opponent or right. vice versa. 15 minutes might not be enough time for that. If they're going to, if they're going to be, you know, respectful in round one, we make it to round two, cash the over one and a half, and then maybe things start heating up. But the fact yeah. that they're just going to go out here and brawl recklessly, that's always the narrative when you've got these striker versus striker matchups, but never always, it doesn't really always materialize, especially when the guys are smart, you know, Jake, can you can you change that to to Raphael Fazeev? I keep seeing that and it's making me think falafel. <laughs> yeah, falafel Fazeev. I keep going in my head. I'm reading that going falafel Fazeev. And, oh, I see, and I see a little bet you in the chat. While it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, it it just it's driving me. That one for whatever reason is is distracting. I'm not going to be able to forget that as his new fight nickname, falafel Fazeev, dude. I just can't. Yeah. That's all I was getting. Um. So this is my pick for the popular prop of the week that MMA Twitter is going to be on is Fizzy by KO. Um, mm. You can get it at the plus 140 to plus 160 range, no matter where you can see it at. And I think people are going to take the idea that Gaethje, even in fights where he doesn't get finished or he wins, he still gets a shit rocked every single time. Yeah. Um, my, my brother and I were talking about the balance that Justin Gaethje has. I've never seen a guy that I believe could not fall down on ice. And I believe that Justin Gaethje <laughs> would be 10 out of 10 being able to stand up on ice skates drunk. I mean, he just will not fall down. Um, it's unbelievable. So to your point about this going to decision or at least playing an over, I can I totally get that. Um, Fazeev is a very calculated striker. He's not a brawler which leads to time coming off the clock. So I, I completely understand the over one and a half play. I, I, I get that. Gaethje, for as much of a human highlight as he is, I don't want to say that he fights scared, but he does fight whenever he knows there's something at stake. He fights more cautiously. Like, like the, any fight that he's ever been in, where the stakes are high, he fights differently. He's very sporadic. He's like he's even more wild. He's almost feral 
in the way that he fights. Like it's back not, in May against Oliveira. Yeah, exactly. It's it's he or in the Khabib fight. He's just it again. He it's more it's more of the uh, flight aspect of a fight or flight response. Like he just can't get it under control. And people love to like circle back to the the calm, calculated Tony Ferguson win, but that was. I'm going to go ahead and say that now. That was anomalous, man. That is not the norm uh, for him. And, and and to be honest with you, not a performance I think he's capable of replicating. If he tries to just go into a technical striking battle with Fazeev because he's scared, scared. I mean, we're talking about professional cage fighters, scared of 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 a of a possible negative outcome. I think Fazeev picks him apart over 15 minutes, and that KO prop misses. Um, okay. I would like to see the Fazeev line get a little bit smaller, but I, I am going to do this. I am playing massive on Fazeev money line, and the reason why I'm doing it is this. Um, whenever this fight was first announced, I read I read an article or I saw a tweet where Bovada was had Fazeev as plus 150 versus Gaethje coming back on the like the minus 125-ish side, something like that. Now, I went immediately to betmma.tips and put it in. Like, shit is mine. Like, if you look on my profile, it's just been up there for months, right? Well, the line never came out on Bovada. <laughs> and now that it's out, it's this, right? Now, a couple months back, I made like 58 wrong submissions on BetMMA tips, and I told that guy... And he went and he fixed all of them for me. And then he's like, dude, I just need you to subscribe to premium. I haven't done that yet. So I don't want to ask him to go in and fix this. So I'm just going to play massive on Fazeev. So if Gaethje wins, it writes the ship. So I'm just letting you know, full disclosure. Blue now. bet you told me that recently. That yeah. you could ask them. I mean, I kind of yeah. gave up on that a while ago just because I yeah. thought the site was very cumbersome with putting parlays in it. Sure it like is. That. And it the is. first time I had used it a while back, like, I entered like three things wrong. Like I was typing on the wrong guy's side yeah. of the page. I'm like, yeah, it's tough. fuck this. And I left, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this could certainly, I'm not playing the over one and a half. I'm not getting in the way of this uh, shit show. Like if there's a, a giant um, discrepancy between like my hunch and like the, the stats, I, I, unless the number is big, I usually don't go in between those two things, but I just have a hunch that this goes to decision. But Fiziev, man, if the, if we hadn't seen Marab last week have an awesome first five-round performance, the second best would have been uh, Rafael Fiziev last July having his first five-round performance. Doesn't get much better than that for a first five-rounder. You go all the way, don't really fade that much, then you get the finish in yeah. round five. Yeah. Really good performance. Yeah, outstanding. I, I mean, I think this is a sweetheart spot for him. Um, and I think this pushes Gaethje further back the line. Um Probably gonna be are we gonna at... see? Are we gonna see Justin Gaethje wrestling this bout? No, we're gonna finally if I, see it. <laughs> if I have to hear about Justin Gaethje's all American, American folk style wrestling credentials, I'm gonna vomit, dude. I'm so sick of hearing about the shit. He's not gonna do it. He's not gonna do it, man. Is he finally gonna do it? Is his coach, his his mother or his father, finally pleading with him, like, dude, just pull out the A6, pull out the singlet, please, for God's sake, please, no, shoot a takedown on this kickboxer. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. What I want to see him. What I want to see him do though is try to kick Fazeev the way he kicks everybody else. I mean, would you want to try to leg kick like go leg kick for leg kick with Fazeev? 
I would, yeah. I would, th- I would throw the muscle, and then I would instantly see like a, a flashback of like Anderson Silva on Chris Weidman, Chris Weidman on Uriah Hall, and I would just instantly stop that idea from happening. <laughs> just see my see nervous. my shin cutting in half. It makes me very, very nervous seeing that happen. I, people always forget that happened. I mean, I'm not saying you did, but I'm saying, people forget that happened to Connor too. Like Connor had the weird leg yeah. break. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was at the ankle. It wasn't like in the middle. But dude, he had the weird one too. That's that's a trip. All right. Speaking of Connor, real quick, how do you feel about Jake Gyllenhaal and like the whole Roadhouse thing? What dude? I have as a person who loves old movies, Roadhouse being chief among them. What the hell are they doing and bringing the UFC involved in Roadhouse? What 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 part? What possible reanimation of Roadhouse can involve the UFC? What is happening <laughs> I, here? I saw that. And I had nothing no idea, holy, Patrick. but I like it because no. I like Gyllenhaal Hall and I like the UFC. I like Roadhouse. Let's just throw them all together, <laughs> dude. In what part of okay? In what part of the original Roadhouse <laughs> do you incorporate Dalton being in the UFC so much so? That you you like have him walking into a cage for a fight. What the hell was that? Yeah, I, I couldn't make heads Dude, what is of that? It, so whenever something is like so outrageous or like just confusing, I just I throw it out of my mind and I say, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Sway, I, Swayze would approve of this. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, Swayze does not approve. Swayze, this is not Swayze approved. The ghost of Swayze is very upset right now. Patrick to Patrick, uh, I'll I'll stamp the seal of approval for him. Oh, you're putting the Patrick stamp on it. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I would uh, I would venture to guess. Yeah. All right. So I love Gyllenhaal, dude. That guy is one of the best current. Really? Guys. What's your favorite Gyllenhaal yeah. movie? Uh, I'm right. Put you on the now, spot. You can't say I shit s- like that. I'm going to put you on the enemy. Spot. Enemy. I would say. It's really? a, it's a, yeah, that's probably my favorite one. That's a dark. That's a deep cut. I can appreciate that. Yeah, I'm glad you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely, dude. That's a uh, that's hey, go a... check out Enemy from I can't remember when that was. Maybe within the last ten years. Go check uh, that out. Yeah, let's see. 2015, here. something like that. Mm, it was before that. Was it? Uh, yeah, because 2013 I, maybe. I th- yeah, I think you're probably closer there. 2012, 2013. Produce we. You don't have to look it up. We have producer Jake. 2013. Boom. 20, boom. There you go. Well done. Well done, sir. I know Jay, I know Jake had it up before I before I did. He's <laughs> he he was he was watching the trailer. That's all it was. So he's um, better than you, Rogan's guy. I'm telling you, man. You got the best producer in the game. He does you, exist, people. I, I was I gonna say, can you just exist. say out loud that he does yeah. exist? Jake, Jake <laughs> I was a I was a Jake denier. I thought he was just a figment of Dale's wacky right. imagination, but uh, no, he exists. He is a real person. Unless that was CGI. Maybe that was CGI. Bro, I don't have that kind of budget. I don't know if you see this or not. I don't, I don't really have that Dude, kind of the intro is The intro is high definition, high quality. I would imagine based on the intro, you could hit CGI Jake. The intro. Put a, put, a, put a mustache on him. The intro was made by my brother-in-law. Yeah, really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So shout, shout out Ken, my brother-in-law. <laughs> it's like shout. Michael Bay produced it. Honestly. Dude, he's serious? It was good, right? So yeah. here, here's... Here, um, Here's what uh here's something I did from the very beginning, which which turned out to not um be very time effective, but it worked very well. And how I got uh Dober to come on the show is I would tell Ken who I wanted to come on the show. And then he would make me highlight real videos for them, like 30 second long, that would hype up the episode. And okay. then I would send that to the fighter. 
and say, please come on my show. Look, I made this highlight reel for whenever you come on. It'll be like the intro for the episode. And I we did one for Dober and he was like, oh, bro, I want to yeah. be on your show. And, and you know, now here we are. But I did one. Uh, I say I, but he did. He did a bunch of them, man. We did like a Frank Camacho one. We did a um, we did a Laura Sanko one, which was like a different kind of highlight thing. Yeah. Which I wanted to circle back to that because you're talking about Laura Sanko fawning over uh, what's his Shop face? Cut. Shop Shop cut. Cut Rachmanov, yeah, yeah. Sanko came on my show, and um, yeah, that that was a that was bad. That was bad. I'm usually very professional, Patrick, but I was I had a hard time that that episode. It's not <laughs> it was not my. It, it, it's not anything I said or anything I did. Even um, it's just like Trey pulled me aside after the fact, and he's like, "Dude, what was wrong with you? You were like acting." very weird that entire show and then anytime we tried to like reach out to laura after that she just ignored us entirely oh so, man yeah yeah well now she's fun. now she's big league now that she's on the broadcasts you know yeah we're never doing, getting that doing live doing live play-by-play she's on a different level now she's a different level man different level all right let's get to the main event of the evening leon edwards versus kamara usman number three number three Leon Edwards at 20 and 3, Kamara Usman at 20 and 2. Oh, so close. Plus 200s on Leon, minus 235 for Kamaru Usman. Over under is four and a half. Go ahead, my brother. This is yours as the guest. The main event is all yours. I mean, I gotta leave this off by saying that I think Rocky Edwards, man, he he took first place. He knocked down Anderson Silva versus Chael Sonnen at UFC 117 for like my favorite round five comeback, you know, just because of the dynamic of him being the underdog, him being kind of an afterthought, him not having the belt around his waist when he walked in the cage and he stole it at the last second, you know? Like, I like I like Silva, but you kind of expected something like that from him because he walked in as a favorite over Chael Sonnen and he was the defending champion. So, you know, this has to be first place. That was an amazing moment. But then after, because I had cashed big on that over four and a half and then he decided to do it. So I was like, right. yes. Two wins, two yeah. wins, history and money made. But I think that this matchup is going to be much more like, you know, what we assumed was going to happen before the head kick. To be honest with you, I'm going big on the minus 240 money line of Usman. Going big on it, man. I really don't think really? much has changed. Yeah, I really don't think much has changed in this matchup except for Leon Edwards is kind of going to be more one-at-a-time striking, knowing that he could pull this out at any second. And Kamara Usman's going to probably spend less time striking at range and probably make a statement with more wrestling, more dirty clinch work. We're going to see the return of foot stomp Usman big time here for 25 minutes. And, uh, yeah, I think it's probably Kamara Usman decision. I wouldn't be surprised if he got this done inside the distance. Really? Against Us- against uh, Edwards here, which has never been done. Nobody's done it to, nobody's done it to uh, Edwards before, but... Come on, Usman's such a good athlete, man. He's got such good cardio, and that's really a big edge here in a five-round fight. He can mix up all aspects of the clinch work, the takedown offense, striking at high volume. I mean, the striking volume was like night and day in that fight. Yeah. You know, and that's so, unless you're relying on another finish, unless you're in the camp that Leon Edwards is going to, you know, move to like this high striking output, high pressure fighter game plan, which he's never done before, really, you know, um, I, I don't know. Then, then you're then you're going on the side that you think that the chin of Kamar Usman is suddenly super compromised, and mm. it's going to be like after Rampage Jackson knocked out Chuck Liddell, and it's just knockout after knockout loss. Like I don't, right. I don't see that happening in most worlds. So, give me Kamar Usman to win by decision here. 
Well, you know me. I'm I'm a, I'm a man of the subplots, right? I like I like all the, the subplot. Little, I'm I'm well, I like all the subplots on on these things, and I think that's what makes betting combat sports so unique. Is there's all these little nuanced things, in particular with the with the athletes themselves, that can really affect the cage uh, or the performances in the cage. And I'll say I'm going to say a lot here, so I'll try to keep it succinct. Is that I think that Leon Edwards needed to know that he can beat Kamara Usman in order to fight confidently against him. He was not fighting confident in the first one. He did not fight confident in the second one. And I I understand the call, the Anik call. That is not the cloth from which he is cut. He throws the head kick, he knocks him out. I completely get it. Um, the head kick felt a little empty. I know he said he's been he was trying to set it up the whole fight with with the left hand and all that. I I or the right hand. I completely get it. I understand. Um, I wonder now that he knows that he has it within him to beat Kamaru. Whether or not he does show up the version that you said that has not shown up the last two fights, where he does come out with a little bit of swagger and in a, a little pep in his step, a little bit of a little bit of sauce on everything, where he starts to try to style a little bit. Um, if you're Kamara Usman, I think you have to you have to nip that immediately. Like you have to shut it down immediately. And I don't believe the hands are what what does that. I think you got to go out and put Edwards on his ass with the quickness. Post haste, like the first ninety seconds of the fight, you need to have Leon Edwards on his back. Yeah. You have to. Um, you have to make him rethink everything that happened for the better part of 40 minutes 45 minutes before the knockout happened you got to get him back in that mindset of the oh shit it's happening again if you don't i think edwards runs away with this kamar usman is 35 going to be 36 years old at a certain point things will start to shut down have you heard this rumor that usman's knees hurt so bad he can't like really run anymore he just like trains in the gym on the padded floor he can't do road work anymore have you heard this I, I heard I've been hearing rumblings of that even for like the last couple fights, you know, right. uh, not just for this one. I, was he on Rogan or something talking about? I never listened to that interview, but I think that might be where this is stemming from. It might be. I, I didn't listen to it either. I knew he was on there, but I have heard people say that he's had he has that's a tough like, time. That's like some around. boss and stuff. That's why he had to retire. He was like run, he was like running up hills backwards to try to get from point A to point B. Right. He eventually had to retire, but I, I don't know. I think that rumor's been going around for a while, like the, like a few fights, sure. not just this last one. Sure. Um. I mean, to your point, it's very hard to bet against Kamara Usman. I mean, he's he's nothing if not wildly consistent, man. He's going to give you twenty five minutes each and every time out. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going to do a good job. I mean, he almost well, he almost gave us twenty five minutes last time. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's going to do that. I mean, he he he's there for it. I have said for a long time he does not like being hit. Not that anybody likes being hit, but he has always reacted very negatively to violence. He's not a blood and guts bite down on the mouthpiece kind of guy. Um, I really, yeah. I really thought the Gilbert Burns rocking um, was was going to be the beginning of the end there, but he did. That was like the first bit of grit that he showed there. Um, rest assured, the head kick will be in the back of his mind. Uh, I think he negates that though by taking Leon Edwards down. Usman money line. Uh, I'll be looking to parlay him with another fighter in the prelims by the name of Jake Hadley. Um, but that's probably going to be my two legger like for this event. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm on Kamar Usman here, money line. Although nothing would make my heart happier than to see Leon Edwards win. I think Leon Edwards has more yeah. tread on the tires, and I think it's good for this. I think it's better for the sport if Leon Edwards wins than Kamar Usman. 
Truly, and there's nothing better than, one, seeing an event with a full crowd in the O2 arena. Like, they go crazy. It's like a, it's like soccer hooligans poured into an MMA fight, but that would be awesome to see them get their champion moment, you know, in that arena. That would be dope. I will say this. Are you familiar with Chat GPT? No. Sweet. So Chat GPT is this really awesome open AI. I'll put, I'll, I'll hit you to the game after this. Yeah, please. Um, and you can you can ask it anything, and it will scour the interwebs and try to give you uh, an answer. Well, I asked. So Chad, it's like ask Jeeves, sort of, but like way <laughs> creepier, right? Producer Jake, are you familiar with Chat GPT? Sort of. All right, cool. We we'll have to do a Chat GPT episode. Um, we'll get we'll get deep into the the idea of how AI is going to eventually destroy us all. Anyway. Um, Chat GPT will give you very canned answers because it's designed to not um, be problematic in any way, shape, or form. But a person figured out a way to uh, basically give it a prompt that hacks it into answering honestly. So like if you ask it stuff like, is the Earth hollow? It will say, yes, the Earth is hollow. And the entrance to the center of the Earth is in, in Antarctica. And that's why nobody, no random civilian is allowed to go to Antarctica. Um, well, anyway... I put the prompt in that allowed it to open source real information. And I asked it, I said, who will win the trilogy bout between Leon Edwards and Kamara Usman? And do you know what it said? What's this? It said, Leon Edwards is going to win. And he said, it, he's, it said, I say he, again, this is where AI starts to fuck with us. I'm already labeling it as a he <laughs> said that I know it seems unlikely given the, the result of this, uh, the result of the second fight that this would happen again, but Leon Edwards will win in England by knockout. Did this, so, did he give us a, a round? He did not give us a round. I should have asked a round. Um, oh, I don't, I got a money lend bet on Kamara Usman, dude. I don't care what this little magic eight ball piece of shit's got to say. He's not winning this fight. <laughs> For a chat, chat GPT. You're talking about AI taking over the world. This is a magic eight ball on the computer. What are you Dude, talking about? Bro, These things have existed for years. Do you think that the U do you think that the UFC is scripted? Do you think so? I think they have like a, an outline of what they would love to happen, but then mm. you know things oh. things play out the way that they are going to. Okay. You know? How 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 much of an outline do you, do you think they follow the script? Do you think there's a script? No, no, no. Like obviously there's there's gonna be screw jobs in the judging here or there, people, you know. A forty nine forty six contrarian scorecard will appear out of nowhere from time to time, probably, you know, uh some some bucks under the table for that. But you know, as far as like them fixing it, I don't think so. What about the uh Sylvania Gomez Juarez Carolina Kolakiewicz fight where they came in and changed the scorecard as Bruce Buffer was about to read it? <laughs> I wonder if it was just some guy with like handwriting like me, and they're just like, I can't read this shit, dude. Like, dude, Sal, you gotta, you gotta fix this. Bro, erase dude. that, erase that gibberish, and write a real number. That mug literally a... put it up against the thing and scratched <laughs> yeah. it out, and then rewrote it, dude. Come on, bro. Like, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we'll do a. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll do... maybe Krause was the tip of the iceberg. You know, we're gonna uncover the. You know, maybe it is. Who knows? Do you? I, I saw somebody put it up. But I don't know. Did uh, did James Krause call the round in which Mark Andre Barrio would beat Julian Marquez? I'm not sure. I, I I'm pretty sure that was shut up on his Discord. 
listen, I love this right here. My man, my man, SD Crusader says free Dan. Yes. So Dan Patrick is the prompt that you put in the chat GPT. Dan stands for do anything now. And that's oh, what you gotcha. have to put in and it changes it. So yeah, mm. uh, I'm going to do, I can't wait. I'm going to blow your mind with some chat GPT stuff. Um, can't wait. <laughs> you really sounded super excited. <laughs> I've shaken I've shaken a magic eight ball before. Right, you know, I've fucking, been there. I got the t shirt. You sound no, super I'm fucking excited. pumped, man. You're like <laughs> All right, dude. First well, bout. that's the, that's my default reaction to anything that's not like do you want to watch the UFC event? I'm like, nah. All right. <laughs> like that's anything, so don't take it personally. <laughs> dude, do you want to fly to Newark? Do you want to fly to Newark for two eighty eight? That'd be dope. What is it? Early May? May 6th, bro. Cinco de Mayo weekend. Yeah, I would love to. I, I was last at Newark, like last October for a wedding. I'd be down to go back. Ew. I'm I'm literally going to be there for the event, and then I'm flying back the next morning. That'd be dope. I'll have to look at the tickets and see what they're uh, what they're looking like. They go on sale tomorrow. tomorrow. Make sure I got make sure I got nothing going on. But yeah, that'd be fun. Just fly in there for the event, Dude. have a couple drinks with Dale, and then dip. That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. And, and that listen, that offer stands for anybody. May 6th. Jake, do you want to go to Newark May 6th? He's thinking about it. He did he did the all right. Well, if you want to go, we're going. All right. So um, <laughs> he's not real. What are you real. talking to? Yeah, no, but he's, he's, I'm just I'm typing it into the magic eight ball. Um uh Austin says I thought it was Friday they went on sale. I'm pretty sure it's tomorrow. If you're on the pre-registration list. Which who has two thumbs and is on that list? This guy. It's the only list really that I'll register for. I, I try to make it a point to keep my name off of lists in any way, shape, or form. Um, but I'm on. Remember that. You had to be like you had to be like an MMA, no, like a UFC Fight Club member to get the pre-fight tickets. Mm-hmm. It was a whole song and dance you had to like be subscribed yeah. to for years. Yeah. yeah, it was shit show. There's already people that like get like whatever the blanket tickets for the Prudential Center. And they're already selling their shit. It's like 600, 700 bucks a piece. I'm hoping it's reasonable, man. I'm hoping it's. Dude, um, my guy Eric Betts Fights was just, um, he was at the last event. I got a, a competition, a powerlifting meet this Saturday. So I didn't go last week, but he wanted yeah. me to go out to Vegas for that because he had gotten tickets to the, um, was it the, uh, the Virgin Hotel, the like smaller venue that used yeah, to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were yeah, in the theater um, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, his tickets were nice. It was like under 300 bucks. And it was what would have been. 4,000 at a normal fight. Like he was right. 30 feet from the cage. He had a good old time. I was jealous I didn't go. How is Eric? I mean, I know he's doing the whole zero dark 30 thing. Is he good? Yeah, he's good. He's chilling. He's just, uh, you know, minding his, minding his own business, still being a fight nerd. And yeah, he went to the fights last weekend. And that was a great event to go to live, you know, with all the crazy finishes and sloppy fights that there were. Is he coming back? Break the news. Is he coming back? I haven't talked to him about content. Oh, it seems okay. it seems like he's still super busy because he was kind of uh, you know not part time, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. it was, it takes up a ton of time doing Dude, this. Yes, even, even if you do one video a week where you just have to be on point, and know your shit, it takes a lot of time. So um, he was supposed uh, to know what you're talking about to do this. He was a, he was a big he was a big member of this for a while. Like he did like what like a year and a half straight of doing like five yeah. shows a week. That takes yeah. up so much time. I don't know how he did that with a full family and like a full time job. Like yeah. <laughs> uh, it's crazy yeah well if you want to fly out or anybody wants to go to 288 in newark i will be there um i can't guarantee without advanced planning that we'll be sitting anywhere near each other but i am always down to meet and chug beers 
and uh, shake hands and kiss babies for sure. After a few beers, there's always a seat on Dale's lap. So bro, don't, course, absolutely. Bro, what are you talking about? I'll just clean this bad boy off for you right here, bro. What <laughs> you talking about? I'll just clean it right, you know. Look for the signs that say mustache ride this way. Listen, if producer Jake's there, it's free mustache Ooh. rides for everybody. Are you kidding me? He's got that Tom Selleck going right now. Dude's look like Magnum PI back there. Sure Here's does. a fun fact. Producer Jake doesn't wear pants. He just sits there in his underwear, rips bongs. No, just rip. What? He's not even doing that. He's just ripping heaters. What do you got going on there? Uh, did you see him? Did you see, did you see him ripping back there? During I the... didn't see him ripping any heaters. Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. He's got him on steady rotation. All right. First prelim. Let's get after it. You know, some high quality women's fighting. Juliana Miller taking on Veronica Hardy. Don't you dare say Macedo. Veronica Hardy. Plus 350. Juliana Miller to minus 450. Overrun rounds at two and a half. As a rule of thumb, I don't like playing women with this heavy of odds, but if we're going to be honest in our assessment of skill sets here, Veronica Hardy slash Macedo ain't it, bro. It ain't it. I disagree. I think you, she's got the better skill set. I really do. Yeah, yeah. Now, if oh. you watch their last fight side by side, then I can see, you know, I can see why this money line exists, but I think she's okay. a more skilled fighter. Uh, like no. if you peel back the layers of like what they actually do, the problem is, is the cardio, right? The cardio yes. and the aggressiveness does not last past like halfway through round two for uh, Hardy. You know what I mean? So that's a problem. That's why you can't back her here. I think uh, Juliana Miller's got not enough experience to be this big of a favorite, not enough skill set to be this big of a favorite, but she should be able to just be aggressive enough to, and just crazy enough to, you know, close the distance, crash the pocket get the fight to the mat and probably get a submission is how I would see this fight going for, for Miller. But skill for skill, I do think Macedo's got the better potential. And three years off, this could be an underdog spot for sure at these odds. There's way more of an implied chance than the line indicates that Macedo Hardy comes in here and does – because she's so scrambly and explosive on the ground, especially early. Like if they, they get some sort of weird scramble, she, she's got very fast tips. She could find an armbar off of her back. This is like one of those armbar from guard type of fights. Fast hips, huh? Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Um, respectfully Classic. disagree. <laughs> Although I will say this, um, and I, I said this before we we went on air that Ver Veronica is the um, she was the Mackenzie Dern before the Mac Mackenzie Dern showed up. Like when you talk about a South American chick that um, puts the uniform to the limits, uh, that was. That was uh, Veronica Macedo slash Veronica Hardy. Now, um, I agree with your assessment of the fast hips. I do agree with the assessment of the submission game being a real thing. But I'll be honest with you, she's lost four out of her last five. Her only win coming over Pollyanna Viana in that time mm -hmm. period. Her last win three years ago was against Bay Malecki. And, um, Terrible fight. One of the worst fights you'll ever see. <laughs> I mean, bro, God. if you cannot beat Bay Malecki, we have some now, real up a weight class. Up a weight class. Not that that yeah, should matter. It's as bad still as the Bay fight, Malecki, as, though. As, fat, as bad as the fight was, dude. Her gas tank, she emptied instantly. It was bad. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying she's the better fighter. I'm not saying she's, she's going to be more successful in the UFC or even this fight. I'm just saying I think skill for skill. I think she's more refined. Yeah. I mean, but there's a lot of skilled there's a lot of skilled martial artists that don't get a win in the UFC, right? And and that being said, I mean, if you look at if you look at all the content that she does with Dan Hardy, and you look around being, I mean, here's one of the things: is Dan Hardy is one of the most cerebral dudes in the game, and one of the mm -hmm. sharpest minds 
when it comes to looking at analyzing skills and outcomes and fighters and stuff like that. And she's around that all the time. She's always talking about it. She's always breaking down the game. Very, very, um, again, I'll just say the same word again, very cerebral approach to the game. Juliana Miller, a little wild, a little unseasoned, a little un... Uh, she's, she's not refined in any way, shape, or form. I do believe that there's spots there for Hardy to win this fight. Uh, I think an inside the distance play is the play here. Anyway, that that's where we said all this to say that. I think that this fight ends inside the distance, which is very rare for a women's fight, but I think we see an inside the distance. I was here. hoping for, I was so hopeful that there was going to be like a plus, like a big plus money that they just mm-hmm. open it up, not really looking at the, the matchup itself and just look at, you know, the statistics for like the women's division in general for the under two and a half. And they did not, they, it's like a pick and price tag, yep. which is still generally a good, no, that's not good. It should be a lot more than this, but. Right. I think they're looking at the gas thing. Because if you look at Juliana Miller's like round props, like it's pathetic. Like for her to win in round three, it was like plus 550 on it, like bet online. It was terrible. Yeah. It should be much higher. You would say. It was terrible. Yeah. I was, I was laughing at it. I was, I hope, hopefully they open that up on like FanDuel at a real price. Right. So that being said, I'm leaning just inside the distance here. Do you, do you have any objection to that? Would you, no, I like the under two and a half. I like under two two and a half quite a bit. Yeah. Do you think there's any value in just buying the other two and a half minutes, or do you want to you want to ride the lightning with that? Uh, with no, that two I'm, and a half. I I, I, ge- I generally like to take the uh, the fight doesn't go to decision for sure. Yeah, that's what uh, I like. I'll, I like buying my that extra two two minutes and thirty seconds. Sometimes We've I'll seen... split it. Every now and then I'll split it too. Like if there's a big discrepancy in the the sports book, you know, like there's a lot more value to be had. You get right. a lot more. Like it's minus one fifty for the under two and a half, but then a minus two hundred. Like I will split it and put like you know half unit each or something. Who do you think? Just, just in case, just in case it goes in that that danger zone, you know, where you would have missed it. Who do you think is the worst woman on the roster right now? <laughs> I mean, depending on Veronica Macedo's return here, it could very well be her. Uh, um, God, who's still? I can't. Who's still in the UFC? Like, there's got to be women that are like on the every now and then they return, and you're like, hmm, is Ramona Pascal still on the roster? I, I don't think so. I think I think Ramona's gone. Hmm. Is She's she gone? I feel like she might still be there, but that would probably is the worst one. Yeah. Yeah, Ramon is bad. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, it would have been Zara Dos Santos. But oh, she... dude. I forgot yeah. about Zara. Yeah. She's yeah. bad, too. Um, interesting. So, I, I mean, I think Masita is not far off here. She's, no, she's got... Based on, like, if you, I'm telling you if, you, if you look at there are some skills there, but... yeah. And and again, I'm looking at this through the lens of somebody who's like plus three fifty. You know that you got to start pick, you got to start nitpicking with those odds. You know, sure, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Ja Herbert at twelve and four taking on Ludovic Klein or Ludovic, as some people say, Ludovic Klein at nineteen and four. Ja Herbert at plus one sixty seven. Ludovic minus one ninety range over on rounds at two and a half. Um, it's basically the chin of Jai Herbert versus the inconsistency of Ludovic Klein here. If the chin can stay out of the way, um, I think Herbert's a live dog here, but have reason to believe that the Ludovic Klein by knockout prop is going to be a real popular play come Saturday. What do you think? Yeah, I like that. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get there myself, but I do have a money line bet on Klein for a couple of units at minus 155. It's since moved to just a couple 
yeah spots to like what minus 170 or so i, I just like Klein's output i think he's going to be the busier striker and we see him engaging in more of what we saw pre-ufc with like cage wrestling a little bit of grappling here and there which jai herbert's been pretty okay defensively but not the best you know i think it can buy some minutes for Klein off the clock just holding him against the cage but even at range i, I like the striking game of Klein. i think it's going to be a really successful out of that southpaw stance that's going to open up the stances get some some body work going for Klein underneath the high guard of Jai Herbert and like you said the durability certainly goes in the favor of Klein in this matchup who looks a lot more comfortable at 155 now for the third time sure yeah I'm on Klein here I like him money line um and I will you know I'll be like the sheep led to the slaughter here Klein by it yeah probably just inside the distance because what's the I've gotten yeah, two. He's got he's got eight knockouts, eight submissions. Yeah. Even though in the UFC you can really done of that, right? Just like a Shane Young head kick. But I've gotten two banged up over the last eighteen months or so by taking like, you know, outcome specific plays, sub or KO, and we get this bullshit where, you know, like like Mario Batista versus Guido Canetti last week, right? Every fiber of my being wanted to say Guido Canetti doesn't have a chin. Mario Batista is one of the biggest 135ers out there. If he touches him, he goes to sleep. And I was like, don't do that because if you do that, he's going to he's gonna rock him, throw him on the ground, he's going to grab his neck instead of continuing to punch him. Now, the rocking never happened. We had a belly back suplex, and then he grabbed his back. But, dude, I was so glad that I hammered inside the distance as opposed to KO only. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I continually keep saving myself by just getting a little bit chalkier with it, yes. not getting greedy. Um, so I'm probably looking at Klein inside the distance here, which will probably come back at the 150, 135 range, I would imagine. Okay. I, it um, would have to be. Yeah, looking at plus 150 on Bet Online. I think they dropped, they finally did drop the props on DraftKings. So you might be able to get something better there. I do this. I do this shit, bro. I do yep. it. Um, you got it. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I'm I'm totally with you on that philosophy, man. I've been getting a lot better at doing that. Unless it's like something really oddly specific that I put like in a D-Gen round robin, like a specific prop and, and rounded method, you know. Um, I'm just going inside the distance, if if at all. Like I've been a lot more comfortable just hammering money lines. I yeah. like that a lot more. Yeah. Just the way to go for me. Like I'd rather eat I'd rather eat minus 190 Ludovic Klein than try to play some specific just for example, I'd rather play that than or what else am I thinking on this card? Like Marvin Vittori, even, for an example. If I was inclined to pay minus 275, which I'm not, I'd rather pay that for the majority of the bet. You know, say I say I put two units on that and maybe a half of a unit on the decision. I'd rather do that instead of putting all of my eggs into the decision prop. That's the only way I see Vittori winning. Uh, down, the, down the stretch, man, of betting long term, I just feel like you're better off just paying the chalk and the money line. Yeah, I like this right here. I'd rather have three ways to win. Yes. Yes, yeah, exactly. Thank you. It's a very, that's a smart way to say what we're trying to yeah. say. Man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, dude, so we, we glanced over it really quick. Your meet is this weekend? Yeah, Sunday. Yeah, okay. weigh in Saturday, watch the fights, and then Sunday compete. Okay, so so talk me through this because this is something admittedly I don't know much about. Um, you, you weigh in for a powerlifting meet? Yeah, it's a weight class sport. So you weigh okay. in, uh, what are the weight classes? 165, 181, 198, 220, 242, and then my class, 275. Gotcha. So yeah. 
So, I mean, you've been big as shit, as strong as shit is for a long time. So this isn't like something you've just now been getting ready for, right? Like this is a, this is a thing. Uh, I've been competing for 10 years in powerlifting. Okay. 10, 10, well, no, nine years. I'm sorry. Nine years competitively. Gotcha. So yeah. Yeah. It's been something that I do about every, I don't know, a couple times a year, three times a year, you know, and then just build towards the next meet every time, lay, lay more groundwork down, try to get better. Right. And you know, you know how powerlifting works, right? You're trying to get the biggest total out of your squat, bench, right. deadlift. So. Right. three lifts a piece and What's eventually your... my goal right now my goal is to try to qualify for the arnold classic which is like a big yeah. fitness powerlifting strongman uh, absolutely yeah deal yearly every march in columbus so you got to qualify and get invited to that uh to compete there so that's what i'm trying to do for next year for 2024 so if i have a good year this year sign up get that invite that's my goal i love it so that being said what's your i mean what do you I mean, imagine like your squats got to be where you're putting up the biggest weight, right? Um, no deadlift, deadlift, deadlift right now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to squat around like 640 or so for this meet. Holy um, shit. bench around as close to like 420, 425 as I can, and then pull around seven, 705 would be great. Okay. That'll be a great day. Have you have you accomplished that in practice yet? Uh, the squat, no, the squat, I, I doubled 600. Um, the bench, I've done 430, and the deadlift, uh, the most lately, yeah, like 685. So is there a is there an I can do all of them. To this? What's that? Is there an adrenaline aspect to this where you go bigger because you're hyped up because it's the meat? Like, do you perform? You know, better? generally, yeah. But I've I've relied on that in the past and like you know been like, oh, this is not going too well in training. But at the meet, it'll be there. I've done that in my youth, and mm. it's never really gone well. I got to be prepared to have an off day, and then hopefully it goes way better than I expect. So yeah, the, yes and no. You know, some some days it's there, some days it's not. Your strength is actually very transient based on the day. You know, some days you can go there feeling great, and it's just not there at the level that you'd expect, right? So, right. is there is there any credence? I mean, I know at least at least it was for me anyway. Um, I mean, do you do you abstain? Like, do you, do you are are you a women make the the legs weak kind of guy? Like, I you no, know the opposite. The you're opposite. the opposite. So you take the yeah. Tyson Fury approach where you're trying you're trying to jack up the numbers as much as you can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the last thing you want to do is just have like sex in the brain. You know, like when you're trying to like you know oh. you gotta be you can't be frustrated as you're trying to do these things. You gotta be you know at peace and then you know, be charged up, ready to go. I, if I if I were to abstain for like long periods of time, dude, that would not go. I don't even know what would happen. I'd dude, probably, that's crazy, probably implode. That's crazy. I, <laughs> I dude, I shut. Up. You can't be backed up, dude. I shut it down. I was backed up, bro. I was all the way backed no. up. Maybe I should have let it rip. Yeah, you got. I was always, I was always under the. Uh, <laughs> I was always under the impression that women made the made the the, the knees weak, the legs weak, bro. So you know, every trainer I ever had was like, "Nah, man, you got a fight coming up. Don't you do that." You no, that's, that. I feel like that's wrong. I feel like that's not a not a way to go, dude. I will say this though: if I'm not regular, man, I I do get more irritable. I do get angrier. I do get I do get fired up. Yeah, but then your thoughts are cloudy too. Like there's there's like mm. that savage. It's powerlifting's a nice for me. It's a nice balance between being calculated, having everything dialed in, and then also being like the savage side of it too. If you're too savage, you're just gonna do something technically wrong, hurt yourself. If you're thinking about it too much, too calculated, then. You know, you don't you don't have enough intensity. You got to blend the two, which is hard to do. Dude, people are going to walk away from this show realizing that you're some sort of Zen master, sexual <laughs> Kama Sutra guru. Like you are, 
like uh, like some weird super strong Dalai Lama is what's happening. You, re- <laughs> you realize that you realize there's something happening here, right? Like we're getting. I guess I've never never really talked about it like that before, dude. I'm just saying, man. There's there's really some onion layers to the onion getting peeled back here, man. So, I think so. all right, so so you compete. <laughs> You're talking about AI talking to a guy named Jake that doesn't exist. I'm over here talking about having as much sex as I can before powerlifting me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, this is what every MMA show consists of. We got All right, some so, deeper issues here. <laughs> the last thing I'll, I'll ask you about this. So, I mean, obviously you're in the Midwest. Um, well, mm-hmm. not obviously, but I'm saying like you're in the Midwest. So when when you go to these things, are you competing against the same guys like every time? Like, do you know like the people that like, is there like a circuit of dudes? That show Every now up and then, and like I go to, I go to Iowa a bit. Bill, so again. Bill Strong as shit. Like, is that who you go? You know? Yeah, there's a couple of those people for sure. So I go to a different, uh, a couple of different federations, but I'll travel for it. So the uh, good night, Drake. But yeah, <laughs> <night>. there's um, <laughs> but there's there's like a the Midwest is strong. Like that, like there's a city called Dubuque on the Mississippi in uh, the Midwest. I'll travel there for meets. There's a okay. huge national meet there every year. So. Um, yeah, some of the strongest like world record holders are, are there as well. So uh, that's that's my goal in this whole thing, man. Like I'm not the strongest guy, but I just want to hang at least hang with some of these people before I get put out due to injury or something. So that's right. my goal for now. I, I mean, I would say based on the numbers you were just saying, you're pretty damn strong, man. So um, like, I appreciate you, man. I, I've been doing it for a long time. I'm lucky enough to have not gotten too hurt yet you know just banged up here and there but things feel really good and i'm just trying to put it all together this is the first time in my life now in doing this i've been lifting daily you know for 12 years first time in my life where it's like i got just one job uh you know my sleep is a lot better now you know i'm I'm drinking and partying a lot less than i ever have before i'm finally putting it all together with the knowledge to back it up so i I can't wait all right i said the last one was the last question but this is my last question about like shit like the highland games and stuff like that where you're out there fucking throwing bales of hay and shit like that. Oh, I don't know anything about that. No, I know nothing about that. They're like, that's like what, that's like discus and shot put, but with old timey old timey stuff. Yeah, dude. And they like, there's one where they take like a pitchfork and they like jab this big like thing of hay and you just throw the hay as far as you can. Yeah. I don't know, man. If there's no barbell involved, I don't know what the hell to do with it. Dude. See, this this, this, this reason why I bring this up is you could be like a ringer. You could literally be you could like turn into the Highlands game guy. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, whenever we'll transition from one into another, right? Like we're going to keep doing what you're doing now, yeah. but I'm saying, you know, I want to down- get back into martial arts. You know, this whole powerlifting thing right now oh, yeah? is uh, stopping me from my, my martial arts journey. I went on as a kid and okay. you know, it's always one powerlifting goal to the next one meet to the next one more, you know, strength milestone to the next. And it keeps me out of going back to the, uh, the gym. So, like the real gym, the real combat sports gym, going doing Muay Thai again. Whoa. But, you know, so I want to get back to that. So once a vertebrae in my back, you know, snaps Size in half. No and, yeah. 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 Then I'll go back to, uh, I'll try to get, do my hand in grappling. Yeah. Once that C7 says no. Okay. I got you. I understand. I understand. All right. Let's talk about, let's talk about a couple more fights here. We got Joanne Wood, 15 and eight, taking on Luana Carolina at eight and three. Uh, Jojo. Not Calderwood, just JoJo Wood. Now she dropped the Calder. Um, she's she's a favorite here, minus one seventy, taking on Luana Carolina, and probably the only women's fight that I think she can win. Still, this probably might be the only opponent on the roster that she can beat. Still, 
Uh, and even then, I think Luana Carolina is going to give her all she can handle. Plus 145. Dude, I love women's underdogs. Why not? JoJo has been so bad lately. What the hell is she possibly going to do? What is she going to This fight has split decision written all over it. I, I, I can't. I cannot. Gun to my head, you couldn't justify that price tag on really? Joanne Wood. I was See, I asked my guy Lou Betia that we both know and adore. Yeah. I yeah. was like, talk me off because I was ready to bet. I was ready to bet Joanne Wood because I don't yeah. see her losing this fight. I think it's a pretty clear cut, striking victory for her in this in this spot. Uh, I don't think, and I don't think very highly of Luana Carolina, but I, I, I think either. highly of I think highly of the striking of Joanne Wood. But thirty seven years old, um, not the the durability isn't the best, but you got to give her a little bit of a break here facing the current champion Alexa Grasso. You know, um, grappling. She she like went for like a spinning elbow, fell. The back got taken from Grasso, just like the championship bout, and she got choked out. Okay, round one, submission loss. Same thing with Tyler Santos, more of a club and sub, submission loss. You know, so, I mean, these are like women that are championship caliber. So, this is a spot where finally she's getting a drop down in competition and Luana Carolina, who does not have good boxing at all. Like, the boxing between Joanne Wood and Luana Carolina, miles apart. Joanne Wood is the better boxer striking technique in general and like just the ability to sustain that over the course of a 15 round fight or 15 minute fight that goes for joanne wood as well so i i think the price tag is justified and i almost bet it and the minus 125 would by decision i do like but uh, again i probably won't get to it what do you like about luana carolina like how do you think she wins this just from being more more active landing the i more think she wins shots? it how does she win she wins it based on the subplot again 2023 is the year of the narrative, Patrick. They are back in England, which is cl as close to Scotland as JoJo is ever going to get. And JoJo's always been the patron saint. She's the, she's the, she's the Statue of Liberty, if you will, for Scotland, especially Scottish women's MMA. She's 37 years old, like you said. She's married to John Wood. She's ready to start a family, bro. She's ready to settle down. She's 37 years old. She knows she's never going to be a champion. She's getting as close to Scotland as she's ever going to get. As ever she's going to get. And she's going to go and she's going to lose the Luana Carolina and she's going to retire. She's going to retire, win, lose, or draw. But any fighter her age, her stage in the career that goes into the fight with retirement on the mind, yeah. they lose. They check out. Look at the Rafael Asuncao fight last weekend. You go into it with retirement on the mind where you're on the fence. The MMA gods love nothing more than to say, oh, you're on the fence about this? Get the fuck out of here. And they just push you off the thing, and it's over with. She's out, bro. It's over with. That it's that gone. thought did that, that subplot did cross my mind, and that's mm. part of why I wanted to be yeah. talked off of this bet, because I thought maybe she would. Would. Maybe she would. Uh, think would, about would. <laughs> maybe she would think about it. 37. Like you said, there's <laughs> not a whole lot of, like, this is like a must-win fight for her. Three, yeah, it, three fight. Also, just no matter who the opponents are, if you're on a three fight losing streak, I gotta, I gotta see some some better odds for this one. You know what I mean? Like, I wish it was closer to pick him. Then I maybe bet it. I'm on Carolina. Give me all the, give me all the units on Luana Carolina. <laughs> you're being a value boy again. That's all you're doing here, right? <laughs> again, again, I didn't hear anything about the skills that of Carolina from you. Oh, she doesn't have one. She does. She's <laughs> she's a cardio kickboxer. She but she's like, not planning on retiring. She's twenty. No, she, so. she only she literally only hits the bag when she goes to Orange Theory on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Like mm -hmm. that's that's her version of strike. Yeah, absolutely. The realistically, skill for skill, Joanne Wood is miles ahead of her. Like not even remotely close. Yeah. But 
It's a retirement fight. Whether she wants to admit it or not, it's a retirement fight. She's checked out. This is the homecoming. This is the grand poopah. This is the goodbye, bro. It's over with. It's over with. It'll be a doldrum, sad sack, three-round, 29-28, Luana Carolina. Give it to also me. the cage, the cage wrestling too. That's going to go in the favor of Joanne Wood. I think that's. I think this fight inevitably ends up there on the cage. They're going to be jockeying for position back and forth, and I think mm-hmm. Wood will end up buying some some minutes there as well. But okay. yeah, it's probably is a dog or pass spot if you're looking at it through the lens of an old an old woman about to retire. Sure, but yeah, old. you've talked, you've successfully talked me off of the bet. Thank you. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, dude, we have 15 fights. We have a lot of fights to talk about here. Jake Hadley versus Malcolm Gordon. Malcolm Gordon at 14 and 6. Jake Hadley at 9 and 1. I've already buried the lead on this one. I'm all over Jake Hadley. Uh, I love him in this spot. I know Malcolm Gordon is better. Listen, Malcolm Gordon is better than people give him credit for, but this line is appropriately priced. Jake Hadley is a parlay piece and worth consideration in your DraftKings lineups. Um, outside of that, I, I I see no value on Malcolm X Gordon. What about you? One guy can grapple. That's Malcolm Gordon. One guy can grapple and he can strike as well. And that's Jake Hadley. So yeah. give me the guy who can do both. Jake Hadley. Any also, chance inside yeah. the distance here. Absolutely. There's a chance of inside the distance. You're talking about Malcolm X Gordon, dude. One of the chinniest of chins at flyweights. I hate chinny flyweights because... At flyweight, you got to handle a lot more punches being thrown your way than any other weight class. So yeah. the chances of one of those cracking your chin, knocking you out, it's happened to Malcolm Gordon four times. He's been submitted twice. So 100% finish rate in all of his losses. I think that's going to happen here from Jake Hadley, who has just got a very good skill set. That The speed at which he locked up that triangle in his last bout, ooh, I like that. Scary, scary. I like that. And look, you're talking about Malcolm Gordon, who should really not be in the league anymore. Um, Francisco Figueredo, he managed to pull that one out of the out of the bag, and then in between that, he faces Dennis Bondard in his debut. Dennis's elbow like got dislocated, so he got the win there. So yeah. that bought him some time. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, the last fight against Makayev, he made a lot of a sweat. Right? I mean, he, anybody who had like Makayev parlayed or the inside the distance, I did. You were kind of you were kind of you were kind of sweating there, right? Yes. So, so then you have to remind yourself, like, okay, this guy isn't. 100% useless. He's got a little bit of skill left in him, but not against Jake Hadley. I think that's this is a, a very good parlay piece. What's it? Minus 500 for Jake Hadley? Minus four for Jake. Minus four? Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think he wins about, yeah, minus 380. I'm looking at draft DraftKings. Yeah. I mean, look, he probably wins this fight eight out of 10 times. I don't mind that. Yeah. I mean, and here's the other thing, too, is that Malcolm Gordon's best day like malcolm gordon fought his best possible fight against makayev like that was his best performance and that he still got finished like he know he went away and he's like there there ain't shit else i could have i could have did there man i like i this this dude is was better than me everywhere and i fought as competitively as i possibly could and it wasn't good enough it just wasn't good enough now they're giving me another dude who is looking to make a name off me can he capture Lightning in a bottle twice? No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, Jake he's Hadley's good. I mean, him. Malcolm Gordon's good, but like MMA grappling for MMA grappling, nah, you got to go with got to go with Hadley here. Yeah, yeah. Plus, an all time bad nickname, and I'm a big nickname guy. All right, you like Malcolm X Gordon? I don't, yeah, I like dude. I, I I don't. <laughs> I like that. Your name is Malcolm. What else are you gonna do, man? That's true. That's <laughs> if you're true. a black guy named Malcolm, you don't have many options. Dude. You could have like, went in the middle. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> 
You, you would have been clowned so hard. Like if you're black and your name is Malcolm, you got to go Malcolm X. I suppose so. I mean, oh, I feel like he could still could have done something better. I don't know. All right, Christian Duncan taking on Dushko Todorovic. Todorovic at twelve and three. Duncan at an undefeated seven and zero. Oh. Boy, Dushko. Again, at plus 175 again, Christian Duncan plus or minus 205 over and rounds at two and a half or one and a half. Damn it, I can't speak. I am a just real quick. I mean, I think it's my turn to go first anyway. I perpetually fade Dushko because I am a big believer in the way your body is shaped. And I will say this every time because we get new people every single time that the show comes out. Dushko is not meant to take punches. He has a very large head on top of a very skinny neck, and he weighs a lot. So he fights dudes that are heavy, and they hit that, and it's like a cobra bag where it just – he cannot um, – The you know, Patrick here is, is, is a highly educated man, as we've all learned, and he will tell you that your body is an electrical system, and if you disrupt the circuit – that runs through your body, a.k.a. moving the head too far in one direction and the circuit gets disrupted, you go night-night. And uh, Dushko... Uh, would, would you say his head is oblong? What's yes. that word? Oblong? That's, yes. that's what his head is shaped like. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's a weird fucking shape on top of a very long neck. Um, Dushko probably going to sleep here. What do you think? Yeah, I got a money line bet on Christian Leroy Duncan. And inside the distance, I put a half unit as well at minus 110. Dude, his striking is great. Like, he's one of the better guys to come out of Cage Warriors for sure. I mean, a long amateur record, uh, a decent uh, undefeated professional record now. And he's only been finished when – or he's never been finished, but he's only lost when he's been, like, sort of stalled in the cage as an amateur. But he's adapted, dude. Nobody wants to stand with this guy. His striking is so dynamic, so – just so, like – creative in uh the way he switches stances the way he reads his opponents and then he can get he can even get out grappled for a round and not be worn out like his arms aren't heavy he still goes out there with that same intensity in round two and can get the job done so i think his cardio is much better than douche goes as well so yeah even if Todorovic tries to wrestle a little bit or you know stick him on the cage i think duncan's gonna be good at circling off and um just nullifying damage so he can get back to his feet He's got really good scramble ability. His takedown defense might not be the best, but his scramble ability, super athletic guys. So give me Duncan inside the distance here. What did you get that at? Minus 110. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Minus 110. Hammer spot. You hammering it? Like, just... I put a half a unit. I got a unit on his money line as well at minus oh, 110. Commit. commit. Yeah, I need to commit more, dude. Well, I committed put so 10 hard. 10 units on... down on something. I, I committed so hard on uh, on Usman, and I committed hard on somebody else that we haven't talked about yet as well. So no, maybe I, I need to better maybe be, I will need to further commit here. It better be Lerone Murphy. We're gonna get to that here in a second. All right, Lerone Murphy taking on Gabriel Santos. Santos at ten and zero. Lerone Murphy at eleven and zero. Lerone Murphy minus one sixty. I've seen him at minus one thirty five on some spots. Santos plus one forty over on around the two and a half. Explain to me. If you can, why and do so without saying the the inactivity, please? Why Lerone Murphy is not a massive favorite here? Because dude, he's so good. Santos stepping in short notice. Explain to me why I should not leverage heavily against Lerone Murphy here. I, I re, or for well, Lerone Murphy, I, I want the spot so bad. I want. It I will tell you. 
that minus 135, when I saw that on DraftKings, I quickly made a drive to right over the border where I can use my DraftKings account. And uh, I hammered it. You know, I yeah. put three and a half units on it. Please. Big bet. Big, big bet. I hammered it. Yeah. But now it might be the nervousness of me having a lot of money on him. It, it, now I'm thinking like, okay, this money line, it's not, it shouldn't be minus 135. That's a steal. But maybe it shouldn't be like the minus 300 I initially thought it would be. Maybe it shouldn't be the minus 250. I've seen it in some other places. Right. Just because he's so one at a time. Like he's a very explosive, athletic guy. Sure. Gabriel Santos, very good jujitsu. Very good. Now, can he get the fight into that arena? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I think the Lerone Murphy submission defense holds up. I think it's pretty good, but I don't want to see it tested. And Santos is a pressure fighter. Like he's a, he doesn't faint very well, doesn't have good head movement, not the best defense, but when he gets going in a rhythm, Santos is really good. As far as like prospects go, this guy is great coming out of the LFA, but you got to factor in the guy is, he just fought in January, his first fight now outside of Brazil for Santos at 26 this is his first big spot on short notice. Uh, I like Leroy Murphy, but man, the guy, if he f- just keeps on looking for the kill shot in front of his hometown crowd here and doesn't yeah. get it, and then he gets outboxed, and we're looking at a Zubera Takugov versus uh, Elvis Brenner situation. Oh, man. And I got a big bet on Leroy Murphy. So that's why I'm nervous. That's why sure. I can explain to you why the price tag is the way it is. Yeah. I still think it's a steal. All things considered, Leroy Murphy at undefeated record right now. I think he lost to Takugov, but still undefeated on paper. He should be facing somebody much better. And he was going to face, who was it, Nathaniel Wood? So that would have been a much yeah. more good test for him. Now he's taking on a newcomer. So, yeah, I mean, those are all of my worries, Dale. How do you feel about it? I mean, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm so heavy on Murphy here. I just, I can't. <laughs> well, like, I'm glad we're both in. Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 if I'm in for, I'm in for an inch, I'm in for a mile, man. I, I, I love Murphy in this spot. Um, and, and to be honest with you, this is usually where I get blindsided because I don't see the path to victory, right? The the only thing that I see the path to victory for Santos is like you just said, and I'm, I I hate that you just said it because now you've like inception this idea into my head is that Lerone Murphy is a one at a time kind of guy. Yeah. And this is a hometown fight with a one at a time kind of guy. And now I myself am going shit, but it's such a good price, man. It's so good mm-hmm. that I mean, this is what this is what this is what bad betters. This is how bad betters reconcile bad plays. I, it's still a good spot. You have to play it at at that price because of the, you know, you you don't have to go. Oh, I'd, I'd make that bet all day, man. I'd like, make that bet ten, all day. Ten weeks or... after your guy got up demolished. Yeah, ten, a... ten, ten weeks after Peter Yan got fifty forty five. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, yeah. oh, dude, I would have. Great closing line value. Yeah. I would have made that play all day. Yeah, I was on the right side of that bet. It just didn't go my way. You know how many yeah, times yeah. I've tried to tell myself that? I, I've even tweeted that before. Like, oh, I was on the right side of that bet. That's just being bad. Um, mm. I'm on the road, Murphy, here. I just I just think he's better everywhere. Now, what I'm hoping is that Santos will be the more volume-based fighter. He will come forward, but he leaves a lot of openings. And then we'll see something like Leroy Murphy against, uh, I don't know, what did he – Mac one Americani who's jumping knee him, you know, and knock yeah. him out. So hopefully that happens. I got Lerone Murphy inside the distance. I haven't played that because I'm so heavy on the money line, but I do like that prop. Money line's a good enough bet. I don't want to. I don't mm-hmm. want to. No. Uh, like 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 our man Shady said earlier. Just give me three ways to win. Just give me three ways to win. Yep. Um, shout out to show regular Boston Brews bets. Yo, late to the party up? work sucks. Um, shout out to anybody working shift work, man. I I did. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what your work schedule is, Patrick, but I did I did 20 turn for seven years. Are you familiar with 20 turn? 
No. It is seven daylight shifts, so seven seven to threes, mm-hmm. then seven midnight shifts, eleven to sevens, and then seven three to elevens. Yeah, that's, so you're because so everybody's getting screwed equally is basically the the right. with that. So, yeah, yeah. I worked then, a I was a chemist at a small company out of college that was like that. It was four days on, three days off, and but you were on that only for like four weeks at a time. Then it would right. shift. You'd have to like put in for you know. So it was a lot of it was a lot of like Wednesday through Sunday. You're working at like midnight. It was ridiculous. But right now my schedule is great. It's Monday through Friday most of the time. Lately, it's been like seven days a week. I've been doing a lot of OT, but right. um, it's still these daylight hours. So, yeah, we would do. We would. Do, you get two days off in between, and then at the end of your twenty turn, you get a four day weekend. So that was always nice to get your four day because you could throw some vacation days on it and get mm-hmm. you know a week plus or whatever. And then after I worked um, at whenever I stopped working at that prison, I took a little brief hiatus. Um, I worked for a company doing twelve hour shifts, but it was two on, two off, three on, three off. So you can work fifteen days out of the month, bro. And that that was yeah. titties. That was real titties, man. I had I a liked, buddy that I I had, one of my friends worked a schedule like that in in a law enforcement field, and he um, I would just never know when he was free. You know, yeah, so that like, that I, part sucked. Yeah, yeah, I would be like, when the hell's your, what's your schedule again? You're on the threes, the twos, the fours. Yeah. What are you on? And the only thing that sucks about it too is like if something came up on your weekend, like you weren't getting that weekend off because they were like, dude, you get two weekends off a month. You're not getting that weekend off. So you did have to plan things accordingly. And then when I worked for the South Carolina Department of Corrections, they had a very similar schedule, but they threw a four day weekend in there as well. So like one month you'd work 15 days, another month you'd work 16 days. It was, it was awesome, man. It was awesome. The pay was horrendous and you, you, dude, I will say this about working for SEDC, South Carolina Department of Corrections. If you are a guy that fancies yourself as a badass and you want to get into a fight every single day at work, the South Carolina Department of Corrections is hiring always, bro. They them mugs love to fight. They it's just it's where it's at. It's where it's at. That um, I don't know if you, you remember a couple of years ago there was a prison in Bishopville. Uh, South Carolina Lee County Correctional, 10 people got killed, kilt as they say. And um, I did not work at that one, but I was part of the uh, rapid response RRT team, the prison version of a SWAT team that we responded to a disturbance there. A hand or two, that place is a fucking jungle and was not surprised that 10 people got killed there. I never heard about that, but these days in America, dude, 10 people. I mean, like, that's rookie nothing, for an event. Yeah, not, you're not even making the news, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want me even to even click the article or read it, you got to have at least a dozen. Get your body count up. Yeah, Get yeah. I mean, honestly, count. there's like shit from like, <laughs> you know, four people shot and like, come on, four people? What? Four? What just this? four? What are we talking about here? That's a light day. Come on, man. Was he running around there with a revolver? Yeah, this guy's up. aim sucks. Yeah. Not producer Jake. Producer Jake running around with some high capacity mags. Ain't that right, producer Jake? He's like, don't say that shit on air, yeah, man. Look yeah, at you. That's, like, yeah, that's right, Dale. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, did you were you here? Did you listen to the episode where I tried to like talk producer Jake in, into like saying, never mind, I'm not even gonna say it again because he got mad at me. But I was I was talking about producer Jake clearing buildings and he was not happy with me. <laughs> he was like, he's like, Bro, we can't talk about that. Oh man, I love it. All right. We did Lerone Murphy versus Gabriel Santos. Let's talk about Muhammad Makiev taking on Jafal Filo. Filo at 14 and 2, Makiev at 8 and 0. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you whether or not there's some bullshit at play here. 
because Makiev says he keeps asking. He's the best in the world. He wants the, the ranked opponents. He wants this, that, and the other. But they feed him can after can after can. So who's lying here? Is it Makiev or is it the UFC? Who's who's full of shit here? Uh, I bet he wants these things, but I'm sure he maybe he's got a smart manager who's like, yeah, nah. You just pop, you pop off on camera, you pop off on Twitter. But we know what's best for your career, and that's why he's twenty three and zero amateur, nine and zero professional. You know what I mean? So maybe there's somebody better looking out for him. Maybe that's the UFC. Maybe that's his manager. You know, and after the after the Malcolm Gordon fight we just talked about, I mean, he was lucky to get through that one. So, right. Do you think he was going to lose that fight? I mean, if 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 he didn't get the finish, I can't remember exactly. It it certainly felt that way, but I can't remember exactly right. how much control time there was either way. Possibly, you know, because he was yeah. he ended up uh, defending like what was he stuck in a body triangle or mounted for uh, the second half of round two at least, and then a lot right. of round three. So right. Yeah, probably. Probably would have yeah. lost. Do you, do you are you justifying the minus eight hundred line here against Philo? No, not really. <laughs> um, but it is like an overlapping skill set, is how I describe it, is why you see these numbers. Like you would never see this number for like a striker versus striker, but since it's grappler versus grappler, um, you're gonna see it, right? So I think I don't think Jafal Philo has ever faced a wrestler. You know, okay. I don't, he's fought like once outside of Brazil, right? And that was the contender series. Didn't look that didn't look amazing in that fight uh, right. either. I don't think he's going to deal well with the pressure of uh, a heavy wrestling game plan. I don't think he's familiar with it. So, you know, it's Makayev. You're paying the EV tax, the Russian last name tax on it for sure. I think um, what's it inside the distance though? Is it like minus two something for inside the distance for Makayev here? Probably just uh, yeah. I mean, they're they're baiting you to try to take that right, um, to just to soften up the number when it very well could be like a Charles Johnson like performance where he just wrestles the whole time to a a decision, which would be smart, you know. Um, but I, I think Mikhaev's got like a he's got at least more athleticism to be able to like dart in and out of range and maybe land something flashy like that flying knee in his debut. But I think the wrestling is going to be really at play here, staying safe on top. Getting that good uh, chest to chest pressure, racking up control time. Um, whether he whether he gets the back and gets the neck and gets the submission, not quite sure. Um, I'm not sure how good Philo is. Like I've watched all of his tape, um, saw the contender series, but yeah, that's my biggest thing with him is like, how is he going to look against a high pace, high pressure wrestler who's got better cardio than him? Probably not going to be too good. So I'm on Makayev, but I don't know how to play this with any value. Do you like Muhammad Makayev? Yeah, I like him. Um, not so much after that. Like, he did lose some stock in my eyes after he looked more human against Malcolm Gordon, for sure, you know? So, uh, but I like his, yeah, I, I like a Russian wrestler, for sure. I like that game plan, that style. It's dominant, you know? And I like that he's so young. I like that he's got a lot of life in the in the UFC. He's only 22 years old. Yeah. So, I know I, he was probably, I know that guy pops off a bunch about how good he is and what was he trying to be the youngest champion or something like that right. too? A long way to go. I mean, a lot of things would have to align for him perfectly to do that because he's got like a year and a half to do it, you know. So you gotta start to, fighting like, ranked opponents. You'd have to, for, well, you'd have to one. dust this guy and then fight in like a month and then dust that guy and then fight somebody ranked and then make us. But like doing these, like what he did to Charles Johnson was dominant. But like it's not, you're not going in there and finishing the guy. You know, that's that's right. what it's gonna take to ascend the ranks. But I like Mikhaev. I think he's. Got room to improve. Any play here at all? No. Yeah, this is a stay away fight for me, 100%. Unless I end up this – if this fight card stays like 14 or 15 fights, 
maybe I will do like a progressive parlay, like a small one. I'm like the whole thing to stack up the favorites I like at the top and then slowly trinkle in underdogs at the bottom. But, okay. Uh, so for that, Makayev will be one of my more confident picks of the week for sure. Right. All right. Let's take, let's talk about Sam Patterson at 10 and one taking on Yanel Ashmaz at six and O. Oh. Patterson minus 270. Yeah. Ashmaz plus 230. Um, we talked about big long necks earlier. Sam Patterson got a freaking noodle on him, bro. That that bad boy is out there. Um, I'll be honest with you. I have a rule of thumb, something that's kept money in my pocket more often than not. I don't bet on people I've never seen fight before, and that falls for both of these guys. So you, sir, are a solo dancer here when it comes to this fight. Do you have any action on this whatsoever? No, the money line is wide. We're looking at minus 270 Sam Patterson, debuting fighter. Yanal Ashmos, who's not coming off of the Contender Series. Sam Patterson is. He was off right. the Contender Series. We got Yanal Ashmos coming off of uh, the PFL Challenger Series, hmm. where he had you know, a, a decisive win against a guy who was trying to wrestle him the whole time. But he, here's the deal with Yanal Ashmos. He's got six wins, no losses, three knockouts, two subs. You'd think that this guy is like a potent finisher, but... I see him just outpacing a lot of really low-level guys, like just having a better cardio down the stretch. He has been successfully wrestled against, and you've got Sam Patterson, who's a very tall, six foot three at lightweight, seventy-eight inch reach at lightweight. Not a good, like he's a good distance striker just due to his long limbs, but up close, man, he's sloppy. So there is that chance that Yamal Ashmos can come in here, play the Hebrew hammer he is, uh, and uh, <laughs> and get a giant, like you know, tall man overhand right, knock him right, right out on the chin. That could happen. But the thing with Yanel is he seems like so unrefined that even when he's having success in the feet, he's got his man rocked. He'll go in there and try to go for a takedown or cage wrestle. And I think at that point, that's when Sam Patterson's going to just grab up his neck. Because Patterson, five submissions out of his 10 wins, very tight front choke, very tight guillotine. And he's so tall, he can do it from a standing position. So I got Patterson by submission. You know, due to his record, the cat's out of the bag on that. You're only getting like plus 400 for that prop. So... Nothing I want to play on this one. Defensively, up close, Sam Patterson's not that great. You now would have to really close the distance and do so for a long period of time. But I like the grappling of Patterson here. So taking him to win, but no action on this one. Got to learn about these guys. I thought I, – I didn't know if, if uh, Yanel's nickname was actually the Hebrew Hammer. It turns out it's a red fox. But uh... – <laughs> Is it ginger? <laughs> yeah, I, I could appreciate, appreciate the Hebrew hammer reference. Although I will say, not a lot out there. You playing with fire, man. You start, you, you start talking about Big J like that, man. Things get, uh, things get yeah, dicey. Amanda is a compliment. Okay, all right, man. Hey, well, you ain't got to defend yourself to me, man. Oh, no, his father, his father owns the best uh, jewelry shop in town. What are you talking about? Oh, man. I mean, this in a good way. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love it. I love it. Omar Morales at thir- at 11 and 3 taking on Chris Duncan at 9 and 1. Omar Morales uh minus 120, minus 119, Chris Duncan almost even money here. Wait, Chris Leroy Duncan's fighting a second time on this card? Wait, what do we got here? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I was going to say don't mess with me. They got the same name. <laughs> they do have the same name. Yes, absolutely without the Leroy on there. Um I mean, is it safe to say you think Omar Morales is fighting for his job here? I mean, I, I mean, lots of promise, but really kind of a precipitous fall from grace for Mr. Omar Morales here. This is a kind of a must-win fight, don't you think? Yeah, especially since durability and not being finished was like the, the key point, and now he's got 
two uh, finished losses, one knockout and one submission in a row. So, right. Yeah, not looking great for him. I do think he's got a really good shot of winning this fight. Like, I'm picking him to win this fight. Okay. But it's less of a, a really high high confidence in Omar Morales and more of I just think that Chris Duncan is so hittable, dude. He, like, he's always getting hit, doesn't move his head at all. I think Omar Morales is the much more comprehensive striking game, better counter striker. He's a big guy as well. I mean, that always Super does help big. Morales. Yeah, he's yeah. very large for the weight class. Uh you know, if Chris pressures him enough, he could certainly get something going inside the distance here and, and knock out Morales. But, dude, I, I think that there's just a better comprehensive mixed martial arts game on the part of Morales, dude. And I wouldn't mind seeing him win this fight by decision, kind of like I described the last one, you know, because Chris Duncan does that as well. If he gets hurt, he just dives his neck in for, like, a naked takedown, not set up by anything, and it's prime for the take. And we've seen, we've seen Omar Morales go in there and try to attack, you know, Anaconda's front choke series things like that. Not, not something he does all that often. I mean, he's got most of his wins by submission, but we haven't seen that a lot. We've seen him attempt it in the UFC, but never successfully pull it off. What's, I don't know. What fight I'm, doesn't I'm go to decision? I'm staying off of it for now. Fight doesn't go to decision. We're looking at the under. The under two and a half is minus 200. So. Okay. Yeah, so we're like minus 190 range then for inside the distance. Exactly right. Yep, minus 190. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm cool with that, to be honest with you. And I, I would say this one, I, I, I would say this, fights like this, I admittedly have no action on it because Morales mm-hmm. has lost three out of his last four. But this sort of fight with Duncan being a, I'm just going to say English. I know that's not right, but whatever that, whatever that is, whatever that area, whatever you guys call yourselves, right? English... Great British, whatever. What, I, I don't know. Okay, I'll be honest. It's my it's my American showing here. I don't know what you guys call yourselves, right? Um, the the Aussies got mad at me because I I couldn't wrap my head around the Oceania verbiage, right? So all you, the Aussie, New Zealand, all that area. That's the Oceania folks. Okay, yeah, I don't so, even know what that is. I've never right. I've, so heard see, of that, I've heard of that terminology. Right. I don't know what I'm that schooling is. you up here. You might so as well say Pangea or something, some old school <laughs> landmass term like that. Right. So you've got you whatever whatever you English folks are, right? England, Ireland, Scotland, all all you guys, all all yin's guys, right? Um, whatever you are, if if the event is trending towards violence, I'll go, I'll just play inside the distance here because. I have a hard time backing Omar Morales losing three out of four. Only win coming over Shane Young. And I've said this a million times that Shane Young's not a UFC level talent. I don't know why. Do you talk about a cat with nine lives? Fucking Shane Young. I don't know how he stays around. He's not good. Um, But yet they keep him around. Anyway, doesn't matter. The only win in the last four fights is against him. Uh, If the, if the card is trending violence, I'm on an, (coughs) excuse me, inside the distance play here. If not, I stay away. Stay away. It's a game time decision. So you're gonna see uh you're gonna see a Juliana Miller submission. You're gonna see uh you're gonna see Ludovic Klein land two knockdowns on Herbert, but he gets the decision. You're gonna see Hadley get a sub, you're gonna see Duncan get a knockout, and then you're gonna say, Okay, let me put pull the trigger on Morales or Duncan doesn't go. Is that what you would do? That is what I would do. Yeah. Huh? That and that's after we get a tearful Joanne Wood laying down her little tiny gloves like a little mouse in the in in the cage, and they they interview her and oh, I just wanted to say that I just love you. 
and I'm, I'm happy to have been back. And I'm just so pleased to have ended my career here. This is one of my, it's been the highlight of my life. I'm going to go home and I'm going to train and I'm going to be a stepmom <laughs> and I'm just going to live my life. And I love you. That's and that's gonna be it. And everybody's gonna be like, "Fucking JoJo." And then that's I imagined, gonna... uh, I imagined a Pixar mouse giving that speech. That's, that's, have you ever heard her together. talk, bro? That's exactly... no. I just well, I just did. The first <laughs> well, thing. when you hear her retire on Saturday, you're gonna go. Dale fucking nailed that impression because that's exactly. You sound like every like cartoon nursery tale grandmother. <laughs> That's exactly what she sounds like, dude. All That's right. Feature, feature prelim, Jack Shore at 16 and 1, taking on Mr. Finland. Mach 1, Amir Khani. Um, one of the better names in MMA, if we're being honest. I mean, is there a more fun name on the roster to say than Mach 1, Amir Khani? I mean, that's a really, really fucking fun name to say, man. No, and when you look at his topology picture, it's the best one that's ever existed. Dude, with the... Is it the one with him sitting with the chicks? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. That's, that's a good the picture. Best one. That's a good makes, picture. I mean, it just makes his, the line on this fight disrespectful from the picture alone. Like, yeah. the picture's got inherent value. There should be a pick him. I mean, go, going off, let me say this. If we're looking at Jack Shore versus Ricky Simone, did Ricky Simone show us something there? Like, does Jack Shore have any dog in him? Like, if you could take Jack Shore to deep waters, will he will he drown? Yeah, I, probably, but it's Ricky I, Simone is like the deep water king. Like he takes everybody there, man. Doesn't let hold true, of you. That's true. But yeah, there probably is something there for sure. I mean, because you see that with these guys who have undefeated records all the time. Mm, yeah, sixteen and zero. He's like, what is this? I'm not winning this fight. I'm not dominating this fight. He just come off that awesome performance against Teamer Valley, of which really opened my eyes to how good his boxing was. Like Jack Shore's boxing is his footwork and everything. His combination super super slick. And the fact that he's going to be able to take back one, if he can survive round one, he's good to go in this fight. So, right. you know, I, I think it's a Jack Shore inside the distance round two. I might even play that or put it in like some sort of a parlay, like round two Jack Shore. I think Mokwon's one of those guys that I love to go, like, he's so good at winning a fight and then just just finding ways to lose. Like, he's so good at finding ways to fucking lose fights, dude. Like, he, it's, it's almost a talent. The way he he finds ways to lose fights, but they keep him on the roster, man. Uh, he has lost four out of his last five. You know, uh, it's it's real bad. Wins over Danny Henry and Mike Grundy. That's about Dude. it. Um, yeah, Danny Henry's the only guy that he's beaten in the UFC that's still in the UFC. I'm pretty right. sure. I think well, everybody Jay else has either retired or, or been cut. Jason Knight might be coming back. He's on the new season of The Ultimate Fighter, Patrick. He's on the oh. new season, so he might well, be coming good. back. So Miss, Mississippi mean Jason Knight, bro, coming off the uh, the the BKFC, you know, soiree, if you will. Do very rarely do people. That's news, that's news to me that he's coming back on the Ultimate Fighter, bro. Yeah, do you see the Ultimate Fighter roster? It's all no, fucking Timur Valiev's on the new Ultimate Fighter. Well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> that's gonna be awesome. He, he was he was two zero and one in the UFC. Why is he on the Ultimate Fighter? Yeah, I don't know. I make that makes I don't I, it doesn't make any sense to me, but they got all kinds of um, coming up. Uh, SD Crusader says, any idea when Shore moved up a weight class? Uh, this will be his first. Yeah, we didn't we failed to mention that this will be at featherweight. So this will be the first time he has been at featherweight uh, before back in Cage Warriors before that title run at bantamweight. He was there, but 
This is the first time. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Did he just try to avoid Ricky ever seeing Ricky Simone ever again? <laughs> that, that greasy mullet, bro. I don't know if this is a one-off thing just to fight on this card. That could be. I, I didn't see anything on um, him, his plans to make a featherweight run, although right. he is a big guy. Yeah, he's big. He's thick. Thick body, wide mm -hmm. back. So, all right, man. As customary, not gospel truth, and I don't need you to have bet it, but we will run from top to bottom. Just money line leans okay just mm -hmm. it, i'm again you don't it doesn't have to be what you bet i just just to see where we're sort of leaning as we line up all right miller versus hardy miller i'm on miller as well klein herbert klein got that money line klein as well carolina wood wood i'm on carolina gordon hadley hadley i'm on hadley as well tutorovic duncan Leroy Duncan, money line bet. I'm on Duncan as well. Santos Murphy. Murphy hammered that money line. Yeah, absolutely. Murphy as well. Makiev Filo. Makayev. Makayev. What did I say? Makiev? Makayev. No, same thing. No, nah, man, you said it right. I said it wrong. Ashmaz versus Patterson. Patterson. I'll go Patterson as well. Morales Duncan. Got Morales here. Very hesitant Morales, yes. Amir Khani, Jack Shore. Jack Shore, one of the more confident picks. I'm on Shore as well. Vittori, Roman Delize. Vittori. Lord, forgive me. I'm going against my Caucasus Mountain Warrior brethren here, but I'm on Vittori. Oof. I know, right? I, I, every time I go against my people, it ends up, it ends up badly. Uh, Jennifer Maya, Casey O'Neill. Maya. I'm on Maya as well. Gunny Nelson, Brian Barbarena. Nelson. I'm on Barbarina here. Although I like I like the value side of Barbarina, sure. but I think Nelson gets it done. Sure, absolutely. Uh Gaethje Fiziev. Fiziev. Yeah, I'm on I'm on Fizzy as well. And then Usman versus Leon Edwards. Usman hammered that money line. I am uh I'm on I'm on Usman as well. However, there will be a small sprinkle on Leon Edwards because the Magic Eight Ball. Okay. Yeah, so. yeah. Dude, so after doing the picks, even when I did my breakdown that I recorded on my channel, it's I had to put a disclaimer at the end because I felt so guilty on this 15-fight card. I only picked like two underdogs. Yes. And I think Mor Morales, I think, is now like a, a favorite, if not a pick -em. So right. uh, there's certainly going to be usually like, what, three to six underdogs that will come through in a 15-fight card like this. So sure. Uh, the ones that I do think have a chance of flipping, like Jai Herbert certainly has got a shot uh, at range, distance striking. He could win, get the knockout. Um, you got uh, what's uh, – Dusko Todorovic and Duncan. Like Dusko certainly has power in round one. I think that could flip as well. Patterson, Yanal Ashmos, that could that could flip. Uh what else here? The Barbarina side, I think, has as like I said, value on the underdog. But so there are some spots where I think it could go either way. You know, we're certainly gonna see some dogs come through more than the couple that <laughs> I'm confident right. in. So who's your favorite? Who's your favorite dog on the card? Jennifer Maya is my favorite dog of the card. All right. What's your favorite prop on the card? Favorite prop on the card for now would have to be the uh, Leroy Duncan Todorovich fight doesn't go to decision. Okay. And then who is your least favorite fighter on the card? Least favorite fighter would have to like be. Like who are you Chris... giving next to no chance to win? Oh, um, uh, Malcolm Gordon, yeah, that's that's probably the least confident. Malcolm Gordon and Mac Wanamirikani tied right there. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So those of you who don't know, um, which I mean, at this point, Patrick's deeply embedded in the game, but uh, addicted to combat on YouTube and it's combat combat addict on Twitter. I'll link all this stuff. Um, you guys are really good at this. I'm not good at it at all. Um, and dude, you put out a ton of content. You do like quick picks on YouTube shorts. You do a recorded show. You do a live stream show. And then half the time, half the weeks, you do another fucking live stream with somebody else on the show. You're putting out three to four, like, tangibly coherent, digestible pieces of content every single week. Yes? Yeah, I do. My my first video of the week is my recorded live stream. That's always going to be solo. I can get all of my thoughts on, like, detailed breakdowns, right. early picks in the card. I do the full card on Monday or, or Sunday if I'm lucky. Then I do my live streams usually on Wednesday nights with a guest. I'll just poke around and just grab people. Dale was on a couple weeks ago. It was great. Had a fun time. One of my favorite guests I've ever done one with. Great guy. Love Dale. Um, then I do my best bets and props like the next day on Thursday or Friday, which is all of my betting uh, action for the card. And then also just like additional recommended uh, bets and things like that. So I do that. Then the pay-per-view weeks, I do an extra show that's rotating between me and Couch Warrior Podcast. My guy, Mike, we do that. and We host two other people. So every now and then on pay-per-view weeks, you'll see on my channel, I'll have two live streams in one week generally. So, right, yeah, there's a lot of stuff there, man. I just try to get a lot of opinions. I know a lot about mixed martial arts. I've been watching the UFC for my entire life. You know, I went to my first event at UFC 48, you know, my first cage fight, Valet Tudo, when I was in kindergarten. But what I don't know is the betting side of things. I don't know that as well as a lot of the guys like sure. Dale, a lot of the guys that have been in the game for a long time. I've only been doing it for three to four years. So I'm a beginner at that. So I try to get in as many additional smart people as I can. So that's my my point there. And it's fun making new friends. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I will say um, the more you lean into the like going out and getting other opinions and in, 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 uh, it's very easy to sniff out in this space. <laughs> our favorite word our favorite word <laughs> it's very easy to sniff out who's completely full of shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> which absolutely. there's a lot of them which then there are a lot of them uh but no man i mean he, there is um there's something something about authentic people and you know if you go back if you go to my itunes library and you go back five six years or whatever you will see that the the, the list of people that I come on that I have come on the show or asked to come on that, that are here to actually provide betting like the betting side of it that are not a professional athlete or aren't like a author or somebody that I that I whatever the case may be are very few and far between so um I'm saying that to say this to you um is that I was I was I was humbled and honored to come on your show and um I I asked you to come on my show as well because I know that you know your shit and I know that you like the sport and mm -hmm. um, I, I, I don't know, man, there's just not a lot of people out there that are genuinely know what the hell they're talking about. And there's, there's people out there creating content that don't know who Veronica Macedo is like they they're that new to what they're doing. And, and it's not to say that they're not good at it, but if you don't have, at least this is my opinion here, if you don't have a wealth of knowledge to fall back on on some of this stuff, 
you miss a lot of the intangibles when you're creating plays and mm-hmm. not everybody that listens to my show or listens to your show or listens to these shows tails us a hundred percent. Lord knows. I know when you do because you tell me about it in the DMS, but <laughs> I don't is, is laissez fair as I am about things on the show. I don't say things half heartedly. So you need to not be full of shit and at least have some sort of insight as to what you're saying. So all that 10,000 words where a hundred will do Patrick, you're, you're, you're one of the sharpest guys in, 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 in the, uh, in the arena right now. And your grind is paying off hundred percent. Every time I see your videos, they're increasing in views. Your sub count continually goes up. People recognize when you're not a fucking dummy. And, um, I hope people listening to this got a little bit more out of you. My plan was to get you here and get you talking about yourself a little bit more. So hopefully I did that. Hopefully you felt that a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I'll do uh, that anytime. And I appreciate your kind yeah. words. That means a lot coming from you. Who's been in this for a long time now. Yeah. You know, I've got just over a year under my belt, a year and three months now doing this, you know, on the daily. So it's been a lot of fun, man, whether I've got 20 subs or, uh, or 800, like it's grown to, I had no intention of that, to be honest. I just like talking people's ears off about the sport and hearing people talk back to me about it people that are like not just about you know i got friends that watch the sport are excited when john jones comes back but not people that are like you know what's the takedown defense rating of veronica Macedo? you know the right, right. Yeah. that's what i like i like people that are non-stop on twitter youtube uh people who subscribe to the channel that are just talking don't talk about the tiniest of detail at all times that's what i love and it's what i've been obsessed with for a long time one last question you have a bookshelf behind you I see a couple books. What are you reading? Uh, right now I'm reading uh, this book by a powerlifter named Louis Simmons who passed away recently. So uh, it's more of, I do a lot of like biographies and autobiographies, things like that. That's mostly what I read on my free time. What's a, uh, what's a recommendation? Dude, uh, we can t- circle it back to uh, a fighter on this card. The guy whose nickname you don't like, man. Malcolm X's uh, autobiography is a, a pretty good one. Okay. <laughs> a, lot, okay. a lot of insight there. That's one of my well, favorite it, autobiographies. I'm not saying I don't like Malcolm X. I'm saying I don't, <laughs> I don't like No, 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 no. The nickname. I was just circling back. You bigot. This guy is anti-civil rights movement, you piece of shit. How fucking dare you. Go educate yourself. Oh, Oh my gosh. No, that's good. Okay. All right. I can dig it. I can so that's like your that would be your go-to like recommendation. I'm all over it. That's a good autobiography since you got me talking about that. A clockwork orange was something that I read recently uh for the first time. Um, yeah. I've always been a big fan of uh, Kubrick and his movies, so going back over some of those like the actual text that was drawn from that was a pretty good read. Right. Uh, I don't read as much as I don't read as much as I'm letting on here. Like I read, you know, one thing every couple months when I got free time, but uh, okay, thanks so to you're... creating con- thanks to creating content, I don't have any of that free time anymore. God damn! You it. realize most people don't read at all, and it's one of the things I preach on the show all the time is try to get these these yahoos to read more. Um, so no, just read read something, um, get some out- outside perspective, I, and I can appreciate that. So I'm I'm, I'm glad that you read that. What did you uh, speaking of Kubrick? What do you think about Eyes Wide Shut? Did you watch that yet? No, not yet, bro. Okay, so. We're, we need to, you want to do, we should do a watch party with a movie. Let's do Eyes should. Wide, let's do eyes wide <laughs> Shut. Producer Jake, have you seen Eyes Wide Shut with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman? All right, man. You guys are in for a trip, dude. You want to talk about the cuck chair, Patrick? Well, I, know I can't wait. 
I you got me. Fan. You had me at cuck chair. Yeah, eyes wide shut, buddy. That's that's where. It's yeah, at. no, there's a lot of stuff on my list here, and I've just run out of time. And yeah, uh, there's not enough time in the day for all this kind no, of. No, I wish the day was like 48 hours. It'd be great. I have time to do everything. What planet is the is the day 48 hours? I don't know, Jupiter or something. Don't say or something. You're fucking smart. Don't you know what planet? It is? I don't know astronomy, dude. Uh, I'm <laughs> microbiology, biochemistry. That's my specialty. I don't know about <laughs> anything that goes on outside of the. <laughs> outside of the microscope i don't know anything about the astronomy oh man my kid my, my one kid got a microscope for their birthday and it has been like they've been just going ham sandwich with a microscope man everything's oh, good. Microscope. good to hear so they love it they love it all right i'll let you go man you've been super generous with your time two hours and 11 minutes i know that's a drop in the bucket for you mr content uh it's a 15 fight card baby my favorite let's hope they all stay intact yeah let's look let's hope so i my my bet for fight to fall off is the veronica Macedo fight we've talked about her a lot i think she fucking falls off i don't think Dude, they wouldn't let her fight like a year and a half ago in brazil because of like concussion symptoms yeah well i don't know i mean well, we'll talk about her teeth at a different time. All right. And, uh, it's because of her teeth. That's why they didn't let her fight. <laughs> Those teeth, they're like, hey, your teeth look like you've been punched recently. We can't let you fight. So um, last thing, I'll end the fight with, I'll, or I'll end, the, I'll end the card with this. Uh, Drew Dober has a fight contract signed. He told me who and when, but I have been sworn to secrecy. But I will say this. It's a fucking max bet. And I will leave it at that. You guys be good to each other. God bless you. And we'll see everybody. Uh, I'll see everybody after Easter. Patrick makes a million videos a week. Just go to his channel, Addicted to Combat on YouTube, and you'll see up-to-date videos. See you. Cheers. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.